0: So, yo. Uh, what's good everybody and welcome welcome back to bridge the gap this is uh, the show where we basically take super smart and talented and amazing people and like super amazing people like dama that we have over here and we have conversations with them and we walk through their life and we learn and we extract the knowledge nuggets of their existence and we all kind of learn and grow together with the whole situation uh, my name is Holden Stefan Roy, I'm bad at remembering to say my own name, so just, just happy to have you here, Dama, honestly, for reals. And uh, unlike most of them, uh, we just want to say an extra special like thank you and start maybe with a bit of an acknowledgement that you have probably had not the simplest week, because uh, Dama is down in Texas right now and is here doing this interview, in spite, of, in spite of everything that's, you know, maybe gone on and stuff, I think it's pretty remarkable and incredible that you would even prioritize doing this in a time like this instead of anything else you could be up to or getting to. So to me, it speaks so much to your character and the kind of person that you are. And so it makes me really appreciative that you're here in spite of the week that you've had and et cetera.
1: Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, We actually got power back yesterday. So we had yesterday to kind of, you know, decompress and uh, rest. So, you know, we still don't have like our hot water or Internet. I'm using hotspot right now. But, um, you know, it's 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 back to business. And I figured now would be a better time to do this, too. So I could kind of share some of the resources with other people who maybe want to like look into if they're interested in helping out or if they're out here and they're watching right now uh places where they can go for some some resources because a lot of people are here without water still and uh without any water um and any power and stuff including in our own apartment complex So, so yeah so i definitely wanted to just do this and you know, talk about the music and, and myself as well. You know, there's definitely some selfish sh- shit going on on my part as well. But, um, you know, I'm definitely uh, trying to spread some awareness.
0: That's dope. We thought it might be like a, <clears throat> a more interesting place to start this time in light of the typical questions just because of, you know, I think it's really important and if people are going to watch this in the future, this is probably the part that they're going to catch before they, you know, get deep into it. So I don't mm-hmm. know what you want to share about that or what people can do to help or what's going on, but that would be really interesting and insightful and useful.
1: Um, well, I would say that there's a, a bunch of grassroots, uh, organizations going on in, uh, both Austin and Dallas. I'll share the Dallas one first. Um, Latin X Dallas, feed the people Dallas all on Instagram and funky town fridge are all giving out uh, water and food and different relief efforts. And in Austin, um, I would suggest that anybody that's in Austin to look at when, where, what Austin um, on Instagram because they have a, compiled a whole list, uh, spreadsheet of what's open, warming centers, places that are giving out free food and places that are open to just sell food. Um, and uh, there's a couple of grassroots efforts by uh hold on sorry uh shaka uh shaka select c-h-a-k-a-s-e-e-l-e-c-t um that are doing a bunch of stuff out here in austin and bringing food and water to people and there's a couple of other people too certified and dominican j that have been like driving around and getting people that have like four wheel drive trucks and kind of just bringing water to people and milk to people with babies and, you know, just basically, and it's all on Facebook. So, you know, you, you, you tag somebody that needs help or if you have like a, you know, elderly relative or something like that, that's in their home, they can't go anywhere. You know, they'll, they'll make a big effort to deliver to you all over the Austin area. So I'm very, uh, very happy that these efforts have been going on and uh, you know, also uh, to go on FEMA, and uh, fill out that application to try and get your, uh, any type of bread that you could get to make up for this loss. Cause I know a lot of people have lost stuff in their homes, uh, the food in their fridge, the week's worth of work, the damage to their apartment. So, you know, just looking to looking for help.
0: Right. Yeah, no, it's serious though. Like, I mean, were you badly impacted by it? I don't know to what extent that you went through Um, this week. Well,
1: Sunday night, Sunday night at 2 in the morning, we lost power, and I started looking it up, like, what's going on, and I heard that I saw that it was supposed to be rolling outages where, like, you know, they take certain areas and take the power out for, like, 40 minutes to try to conserve power, which was a stupid thing to do uh, during a blizzard. It was a crazy blizzard that night and they couldn't bring the power back up. So it wasn't a rolling outage and a lot of like, I think it was uh, 4 million people in Texas that uh, lost power that night. And uh, some other people lost power the next day or the day after that. So we've been without power uh, since Sunday night. And uh, that first day we built, a, that first Monday we built a fort and we, uh, set up candles under a can of soup and uh heated up the can of soup using candles and uh then the next day a couple of our friends hit us up that are all in the area that are also impacted and we were like just come over here like let's all kind of rough this out together and craig went and got a shopping cart from up the street just some abandoned shopping cart brought it here to our patio and uh we bought like firewood and lit that bitch on fire and then we were cooking. And we were lucky because our apartment complex also has propane gas uh, lines to the grills. So we were able to grill during the day, but like at night it, it's really cold. So it was good to have that firewood and the shopping cart. So we made a really nice meal out of that. Uh, so it was all about just kind of figuring out how to eat, how to make sure the dogs were okay, you know, cause we have a really small dog and my friend has a dog as well. So we ha- we kind of had to, you know, look out for the dogs. And, uh, you know, our friends was here and we were just making it work. Mm-hmm. But uh, then on on Wednesday, most of our friends, like, went home by then. And, uh, and they went home and they got some power, some water, something like that. And then we were still in the dark. So I was, like, depressed because it's just so, you know, it's like, parts of the day that feel okay but then other parts feel terrible and I have asthma so my asthma was acting up all week like my breath is just starting to get back to like a good place um and uh so it was it was really stressful and seeing the lack of um accountability on the electric company from Austin Energy to Aircot Um uh, who is, like, the, I guess, who managed the whole electric grid of Texas, basically, like, telling us nothing uh, over and over again. And, like, I'm looking on Twitter, and I'm seeing all these different zip codes and all these different people impacted uh, and the kind of stories that they were sharing. And it really, it like, because we're, you know, we're young and able-bodied and, you know what I'm saying, like, super survivors, like, you know, we, we made it happen. Me and Craig have both, both been through a lot of different uh, natural disaster situations. I was in Zone A living in uh, Brighton Beach during Hurricane Sandy. So, you know, this isn't my first time, you know, playing cards by candlelight and, you know, getting through some kind of natural disaster situation. But during Hurricane Sandy, the hurricane itself was one day. The power outage was, you know, a week or two, depending on where you were and what kind of place you lived in. But we kind of escaped And you know, went to another part of Brooklyn during that time. But this time, we was just like here in the thick of it. So Mm. it's been pretty hectic. But I'm really grateful. I'm just so grateful that the power is back on. and We're able to, you know, (laughs) live and breathe again.
0: That's crazy. It's like it's like it reminds me, honestly, of the ice storm that Montreal got in '98, where basically two weeks of uh, it was extreme weather, power got clipped for whatever reason. And then two weeks of, like, no power. Uh, I, I I was young. I was barely impacted. I got bounced around to people that had, like, heating night, whatever. So I know my parents went through the same experience that you went through. I did oh, not wow. so much. But definitely uh, a lot of people in Montreal had that. And so it really reminds Because I saw some videos of, like, the ice on the streets and just the general vibe of what it looked like. And I'm like, yo, that, that reminds me of 98 Montreal. So it's, like, really... What's really interesting is that it's Texas that this happened in just on like a whole other level because you're just not like ex- expecting it there, but I, I definitely kinda...
1: Yeah, nobody here is like prepared. They don't salt the streets. They don't plow the streets. So it was like impossible to drive. You know, it's like, they're not, they're not like, everybody keeps saying like the infrastructure is not prepared for this type of situation. So it's it's been hectic. People have died and stuff like people died in fires or from carbon monoxide inhalation because they're like lighting fires in their house and stuff and it's just like so sad so fucked up
0: yeah honestly it's one of those things where like you just watch it from afar all week and just kind of like hope (laughs) um but i really do like the fact that you shared the ways that people can get involved and help and if people do know that so i think that was super cool of you to do that and to be so informed and to be so active with it and i've seen you sharing stuff throughout the week too so like that's really cool of you. um i'm not sure what else to say on this vibe but because it's all like super serious and stuff um i don't know if you. Have yeah i'm just praying eye.
1: for the people man i'm just praying for the people and uh, you know what i'm saying like i just hope i just hope this ends like asap mm. but the weather's about to get nice again it's about to be like 70 degrees in a couple of days or this weekend or, so, or some someday today tomorrow whatever one of these days i feel like i killed brain i feel like i had brain cells freeze off because i'm like i got some like early onset dementia like i'm forgetting words and shit so just bear with me but uh yeah, yeah you're i'm just playing for everybody just
0: like i'm sitting there going yo dama is just the coolest person i know right now yo because like Thank you're you. sitting there like yo listen i'm out here grinding in the fucking woods and i felt like the woods the way you described it with the garbage cans burning i'm just picturing how i read your thing i put a whole visual of my head to it but yo bump my shit make sure it gets those numbers up i'm like damas damas just like fucking serious with it also congratulations on the amazing new song that's thank an amazing you, song. That's you. an amazing music video. That's an amazing Sonic you. experience. You're just fucking beyond gifted. We did spend a whole bunch of time listening to your music before this, like as a group on this on the Twitch.
2: Nice.
0: And yo, honestly, I'm sitting there going 2010 Dama raps better than me today. <laughs> That's what it felt like listening to you. I'm like, yo, she's so don't, fucking good.
3: Don't feel bad. You're not alone. Yeah. Like Dama's Dama Dama's been a better performer, artist, rapper than yeah. probably like, Ninety-five percent of the people in New York City ground scene, it's just like Sama, is a perfect example of why you shouldn't put female before rapper. Like, there's Dumb just, it. there's just, no, there's no, it's just I, I rapper. Just like,
0: bro. I use artist because it you. feels like it transcends. I like you just feel like you got a whole personality. There's also at least one punk song, so like I'm just saying, or it felt punky. <laughs> uh, I used to
1: have a, a band for
2: for like a
0: second (laughs) that was possibly my favorite track on there but that's just my new metal biases kicking in but i do want to ask you my token uh first question because it is like token at this point and i like asking it it's a bit of a story um when it all like lands up you can answer it will take you know it is what it is but um it all starts with my girlfriend washing the dishes listening to the black eyed peas track that i got a feeling you know and then she's dancing around and shit and she's fucking vibing to it and i realized yo once upon a time we were in like the bars and the clubs and shit dancing to this very song drunk as fuck at two in the morning in a circle i just remember we were in circles every time this one came on and then i realized it's kind of funny right because that shit was club music like the club music of the time and now it's like dishes chores exercise music right that's kind of what it is mm-hmm. um and then that got me going. So wait a second, all these club bangers of today and shit—that's just like the future chores music and shit, which kind of made me giggle a little bit. But it also like brought me back to being like super young, like five years old and shit. And my dad's got the super tape player set up and shit, and he's busting out his mm-hmm. Led Zeppelins and shit. And then my mom's got discos and stuff running on her tapes. And I realized that yo, when we think about like the musical journey of an artist, it it really doesn't start when like they're in control of the wheel, so to speak it kind of like starts a little bit earlier that, than that like when you're like super duper young and like everyone else is controlling the the vinyls or the tapes or the whatever's around you and the sounds of your life when you're young so like what i'm hoping is you can kind of walk us through the landscape so what it's like to be damo when you're like five what your parents or whoever around was listening to you know, kind of tech was, you know, what, what the vibe was when you were like so young that you had no control over it.
1: Um, My father, Edward, was a jazz musician. He was a drummer, guitar player, a uh, really great piano player and singer. And before they came uh, here from the Soviet Union, he was in a jazz band in Russia. So when I was growing up uh, in Brooklyn, Uh, they had vinyl and cassette players and my dad listened to a lot of jazz and a lot of disco, a lot of blues, um, just a lot of Diana Ross and Louis Armstrong, like those are just, and then like ABBA, like it, it was, my dad had a very eclectic taste. So, uh, and he played the piano and we had a piano in the house and I knew that my parents was getting twisted when the piano came on and you know what I'm saying? Like they started singing songs and everybody's in the house drunk. And I used to hate it when I was little, I used to hate it so much cause it just meant that the parents are drunk and no longer like capable of, you know, being active parents. But as I get older, I'm like, we're gonna be those parents that when the beats come on and we start freestyling, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's when our kids know that we're getting lit. So, uh, you know, yeah, there was a lot of different types of music in the house and I found like a trunk like a uh, like a luggage uh, of like a suitcase of my dad's cassettes and it was like Michael Jackson and um, just a bunch a bunch like every genre and then there was one uh, young MC Busta move the cassette (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, with the B side on the back I don't remember that song as well but I remember hearing, like, that was the first rap song I ever heard, and, uh, like, I was on my cassette tape, and I was in my building, and I was playing it for friends in my in my building, like, you know? So, uh, yeah, I was exposed to nothing but music going up. There was definitely nothing but music in my house.
0: And when you were little, was it like you wanted to be in that, or was it more like you were a fan of it at that time? Were you into the dancing? Were you... Where you want A lot of I've noticed a lot of people were like, "Yo, the truth is, growing up in New York when I was young, it's like I just had to dance." It's something I've heard a lot talking to people from this part of the world. So I'm wondering if you share in that experience as well.
1: Yeah, my dad gave me a microphone when I was little. My dad had his musician friend come and uh, test my pitch, uh, so he, just to see if I had good pitch. Like he was like, "Does she have musical talent?" Like when I was like three or five, I, mean, I don't even remember this. My mom told me years later that uh, he had like a, his musician come in and test my pitch and he told me told him that I had the pitch and uh, capabilities so after that my dad started putting a microphone in my hand and it, w- it was connected to like the vinyl and like the whole he had this whole stereo system uh, and I would sing all the time so I wanted to be a singer I wanted to be like Mariah Carey uh, my whole life and uh, but when as I got older and I got Uh, you know, when I was like 11 or 12, I was really into punk rock for a second, and I got into like a punk rock band and tried to play the drums. Uh, (laughs) but then I like started rapping, uh, with friends and I wasn't good, but it's something that I like to do and, um, at, like, I wasn't good, but I felt like I could be like, I felt like I knew what good was mm. and I always could write poetry. I always wrote songs you're like, like I 12, would write... by
0: the way. Right. Like, you're still like 12 in this part of your life. Yeah.
1: Like 11, 12, I would just um... like
0: stop for a second and say that by 12 years old, you've already started practicing to perform and singing. And doing a bunch of shit at home with real life experience. Because, yo, when we look at how Dama's crushing me like 10 years ago, it's like, oh, this makes a lot more sense now. Because Dama's got like 50,000 hours of practice where a lot of us might only have 10 these days. Because, yo, <sighs> think about that shit. You're already in a band by the time you're 12 or whatever. Already like decided, okay, I'm in the drums. Already decided you're a rapper. All right, that's a lot of already's. before already yeah, I
3: mean, bitch check. Got a pitch check at three, fam. Like, like bruh.
0: Yo. Bruh. This is remarkable. You are truly remarkable, Dama.
1: Thank you. I I wasn't um I wasn't rapping yet at I, I wasn't rapping yet at twelve. I was like writing poetry a little bit. Um and like writing songs and like turning like my angsty kind of songs into poetry. Um it was a little bit later that I started actually like rapping, rapping. Probably maybe like 13, I'm gonna just 14. Say that
0: Writing poetry at twelve is in the same ballpark of impressive and cool as rapping at twelve.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I I used to submit my like dark poetry, and I I think like I like like to get it like published and shit like that. But like I was a real like I was I started around that time is when I started really being in the streets more so you know um
0: can we pause for a second and ask a really crucial question i forget where are you from yeah
1: brooklyn brighton beach
0: Mm, so when you're saying in the streets you mean literally the streets of brooklyn yes (laughs) yeah the literal also
3: we should Um, get a little bit of clarification on your parents background right because we just sprung up on them that they came from russia so i'm so both your parents are from russia yes Let's mm-hmm. clarify. Both Good them-
0: catch, Flacco Beo.
1: Yes. Uh, both my parents are Russian. They're both from St. Petersburg. Uh, my mother has uh, a Jewish in her family as well, so like Russian-Jewish. Um, and my dad uh, was straight up Russian, uh, so they came here from the Soviet Union like on some escape shit. Like they had to go through like uh Austria and Italy and like do all types of finagling in order to get out of the Soviet Union and come to America. And they ended up like my mom, my my mom lived in Astoria she lived in Coney Island on 33rd Street. Um and like my dad lived all over too and and then they, you know, moved in together in, in Brighton Beach. But she followed him. It's a very romantic story. He, they met and uh she he told her, he's like, I'm leaving Russia and I'm going to America, like, fuck this whole shit. And she was like, I don't really want to go, but okay, fine. Because um, she didn't really know a life outside of that, you know? But uh, she followed him all the way to the States to a whole new world, didn't know when she was going to see her family again. So, uh, yeah, I always thought it was a romantic story. It is. And, um, yeah, and she she's an actress, so she kind of, like, gave that up for a long time to, you know, work and stuff, because they had to, like you know, really grind it out out here. They didn't speak the language. It was, it was, it was tough, but, um, you know, they made it. And, uh, then I was born <laughs> in Brighton beach and I went to school in, uh, Brighton beach and Coney Island. So I was like one foot here, one foot there half the time. And
0: yeah, that's know. fucking cool. I mean, it's always cool when people talk about New York places. I'm used to Bronx now because Flacco talks about Bronx so much. I'm a little desensitized. But then you said Coney Island. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a New York place too.
1: <laughs> yeah, very much so. Very wow. much so. I, I used to spend uh, time in the Bronx. I mean, we could get, we could get we could take our time getting there. But I spent a lot of time in the Bronx as well. I was, like, one of the only people in my neighborhood that even really knew, you know what I'm saying, like, to go to the Bronx, like, hmm. That wasn't something that Brooklyn people and Bronx people usually don't really. You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: no, I don't know. Don't go to
1: each other's boroughs. Like, we we'll both go to the city. We'll both go to Manhattan, uh, but we don't really go
3: to each other's boroughs. Like, no, hold up. So, you know what? I think I think we uh, should expand on that. I was gonna say, which is like, you know what? I think this is this is a bridging the gap moment, right? Like, Mm -hmm. this is here. It's natural. It's right in front of us. We can segue to a quick little blurb hopefully we can keep it within a few minutes of we
0: can keep it as long this, as you
3: <laughs> this this thing right that we have in new york city which i talked about on my yeah. facebook many no, like and damo damo was participating in it about the fact that brooklyn people don't come uptown very much and i was thinking about it because <clears throat> I'm going to be very candid, right? I was thinking about it in particular, Dama, the status that I wrote that you participated in where we talked about how there's Brooklyn people are missing out on something in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about the fact that I met this uh, woman in the Bronx that I was like, yo, Cabin would fall in love with this woman and do anything for this woman, but he's never going to meet this woman because he doesn't come uptown.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Simple as that, where it's just like, yo... You're missing out on the love of your life. It's right here within your city. Right, so here, in you. right yeah. here in the Bronx. Right here in the Bronx.
0: Like, even to go bigger than that, right? Like, so we listen to a lot of music and you have these little skits, like the one on the DMX album where like the Pac-Man skit, where it's just literally, it's about like being from different neighborhoods. And we can tell you're not from here, this, that. And then I found out there's fashion trends for each of the different areas. So you can actually... Look at somebody Slang as and, well. and literally know that they're not from your place. So now you're mm-hmm. saying to me that it's like you guys don't even, like, you know, like we don't know. Like, you got, I'm in Montreal my whole life. I've never been to New York City. So, like, when you said you know what I mean there, I was like, no. Nah. I have no fuck. As like a first, like I did not know that people from Bronx and Brooklyn don't commingle like that. I don't even know how deep that goes. But then y'all will commingle over here, but not commingle. Like that's some nifty shit that I've never heard in my life. Yeah,
3: when we live, when we leave New York City, we'll 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 team up. But yes. in New York City, the, like it's kind of like I'm pretty sure holding that there's people that you know in Montreal that they don't leave their general area much at
0: all it's weird because i feel like i don't know anybody like that because the city is like an hour in all directions to everything and you end up just always like i mean there might be sides of life like that but that's the thing i think is very different about montreal to things like la was another one where i learned it's kind of like that and i'm like wait a second that's like i had to really process it and realize it's a completely different existence then the way that, you I can like literally cycle pretty much anywhere in Montreal in under an hour. And it's like, yeah. it, was, it was so compact. New York City
3: is the same way, right? You could, you know, like, that's why we have the New York City Marathon. You It touches on all five boroughs. Mm. So you could easily, you know, take a walk into any, from one borough to another. But there are literally people, and Dama could testify to this, that they live, they're born, they live, die in their borough and they, for the most part, don't leave their borough,
1: their neighborhood,
3: their neighborhood,
1: especially the deeper you go, you know what I'm saying? So I'm from, you know, Brighton beach Coney Island area, which is the very, very bottom of Brooklyn. It's the last stop on every single train. It's the deepest part of Brooklyn. There is no deeper part of Brooklyn, deeper than that. And you're in the water. So um, you know, I used to go like people in my neighborhood, we sometimes would be able to get the whole crew out to go to the city, to like go to a club or go to a show that we was doing or whatever, but it was rare for the most part. Like they like, yo, I'll see you when, when y'all get back. You know what I'm saying? Like we'd be right here, you know, getting money or whatever. So, you know, I, I was never that type of person. I was venturing out into the uh, East village when I was like 12, Mm. 13 um going to like Astor place and all those places and then um you know it's like a gift and a curse you know what I'm saying because I was in the system when I was young like when I was like 14 15 I was in like group homes and uh detention centers and stuff in uh Westchester with uh, like close to the Bronx like you know Yonkers White Plains a few stops on the Metro North from the Bronx. Mm. And everybody in that group home was either from the Bronx or Yonkers. And I ended up meeting some dope people that I'm still uh, mad close with, mad cool with. One of them actually gave me my name, Domino's, when I was um, 17, when uh, I first started rapping. He got me into my first studios, like, my first songs were recorded in the Bronx ever. Like, first time my voice on wax was recorded in the Bronx. And not just anywhere yeah. in the Bronx, 238th and White Plains Road, which is, like, the one of the top, you know what I'm saying? Like, up there. So, so it's we can, like I, I went from the last stop actually, on, in, in Brooklyn to, like, one of the last stops in the Bronx. Uh, to, yeah, you know I was going to say,
3: you went from one furthest most point in the borough to the other furthest most point in the borough. Like mm-hmm. that is like the the tippity top of the Bronx. You're essentially not, well, you're stone's throw from Yonkers yeah. and Westchester and all of the uh, upper parts that New Yorkers tend to call upstate, which is just like that's really right. not upstate, bro. Mm-hmm. No, Yonkers, but is New not Yorkers. Upstate. This is how New Yorkers are. These are Q these little things and it's that been, we're trying to bridge the gap it's, with it's been brought to my beer.
0: attention that just because i'm unaware of these people there are certainly people in montreal that uh fit this definition cool man logan is like bro I, I lasalle look at that neighborhood and i'm like okay i can see how that place has people that never leave that area because there are certain pockets that maybe you just don't have to ever leave because it just has everything and it's kind of like a box Whereas where I live is pretty interconnected to shit, so I'm encouraged to go places. Facts, Baxter. Mm. Uh,
3: Baxter said New Yorkers are like, if you can't get there on a train, that's not, that's why Staten Island, like New Yorkers, we joke that Staten Island isn't really one of the five boroughs and it's not part of New York City because you got to grab the ferry there. There's no way to get there except vehicle or boat. Mm and then soon as yeah. you hit the impasse
0: that's funny i yeah, like Baxter's that reaction about
3: people, people can't just go pay you know back in the days it would have been a token now in day a few years ago it would have been a metro card Nowadays it might be a swipe of your credit card but the point is if you can't just swipe and get on the metro we don't call it the Metro, by the way. I don't know why I call yeah, it that. I'm so oh. excited that you, <laughs> you all in for a hot minute.
0: I was sitting there going, I'm not correcting anyone. This never happens. I know it's a subway <laughs> to you people, but let's roll yeah, with that yeah, one. The train. It's shit. Just yeah. the train, it's just the train. You it's call it the, the train. train? So it's not yeah, even yeah, the subway. you just, or, just I mean, train.
3: usually it's the, it's your line. So like I'm over by the two and the five. So I'm just like, yeah, I'll, it's just the two. If you just call it by the train line that you're on or the train yeah. subway. Definitely not the the metro. Yo, I definitely
0: call that shit the metro all the time. Uh-huh. And there's also- interrupt.
3: Dama. Dama. All these ladies Dama. want to say hello to you. They keep going. Dama. Tedo, come on. Yeah, Dama!
2: Domma's Dama. no warm! Dama's warm. Hi, Dama. They, they love the vid they
3: love the video in the new single, by the way. Yeah. I love that
2: Dama does some yes, electricity. Man. I could love that Dama's oh, warm and the shit.
1: Dama's got warm. Andrew, what up, Ms. B? What up How y'all doing? Yo, Dama! Yo, yo, yo. Kendra's in the
3: background right Dama here.
1: Dama what up, Kendra? Love He's you, Dama
3: man. kick you in the- Punch you in the throat. Love you too. Sorry about that, guys.
0: Yeah. Sorry about that. No worries.
1: Love y'all,
0: man. That was great. It's always fun to see the love thrown like that, in my opinion. Because, yo, Dama, you're incredible, and you deserve every second of it. Thank uh, you. Huh? I
1: appreciate that.
0: That's the fact. Totally agree. Yo, I've watched Ooh. Dama bust off the domes that are ridiculous. I've watched Dama host in ways that make other hosts look less fun as hosts because Dama's <laughs> like the host you're hoping for. No offense, Baxter. I see you over there, but it's Dama. It's hey, me and is. Baxter
1: are good co-hosts, That's man. true. Co-host with the mo- I don't think I've... I've Except for the the beat challenge is the only thing I host by myself. But But with Souls, too. With Souls, like Souls is hosting now, but that's the only one that I hosted Dolo for a minute. But
0: yeah, I'm I am mostly saying. host with Baxter. You, you, you're just, uh, it's a joy when Dama's there, is what I'm saying. You come through with, Thank like, you. yo, I'm all coming with a swagger, like, I don't give a fuck, and we're all jealous that we can't give a fuck like you can't give a fuck. Like, people <laughs> can't give a fuck, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, to a degree of you know the, what the level the that you bring it to. You know what
1: the real thing is, though? You know what the real thing is, though? I do give a fuck. I, I give that. many, I give a fuck. For real. You know what I'm saying? Like, and in order to have that, I don't give a fuck energy you have to have given many a fuck
2: mm. you know what
1: i'm saying like you have to really like that's what it really comes down to i i, I do i do
0: care i care a lot <laughs> i know and i believe that because i listen to your music and i've heard you speak and then like I, you're very passionate and it's true but the energy is power like power when Dama's in the room but I do want to go back to like when you're 12 because that's about where we picked off when we, when we did your tangent often, which was an amazing tangent because people get knowledge nuggets, which is fucking delightful to me. They're throwing... We'll, we'll have more. Flacco's throwing knowledge nuggets, throwing it down. I fucking love that guy. Um, but let's, uh, let's go back to being 12 and you're being a superstar already because, again, you're very impressive at 12. Are you actually performing or doing talent shows or shit?
1: Hell no. I did a talent show when I was like uh 9 or some shit but um I was not very impressive at that age you know what I'm saying I was very uh rebellious I was not popular in school I was different I dressed very different at that time like you could ask any of my friends like they remember me having the green hair and my nose ring connected to my ear and I was on my punk rock shit and like dope, I had bro. two bitches that kind of like Uh, was my little you know what I'm saying like my little road dogs or whatever that did what I did but other than that I was not you had um, road dogs
0: that's like cool though like I mean it's not cool but like in the sphere of that world I would have been the road dog whereas you had road dogs so there's still elevation in that shit okay
1: yeah i mean i guess but i was I, <sighs> I i fought a lot i was you know what i'm saying like i've i i had been bullied a little bit for sure i had been in definite
3: scuffles. you know just to
0: um, hold on it, it froze just uh, i don't know if that meant yeah noise. i know froze.
3: i already knew i was trying to oh, that's what right. i was trying to do i was trying to play it off play it <laughs> off, play it off
2: <laughs> play off
3: the the, the 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 jumble you know to to be fair you know i think that everybody in new york city got bullied because that's mm. just new york city like that's new york fucking city baby like even the bullies got bullied which is why they bullied fyi right. all right hurt people hurt people it's not it's not just it's not just the a uh, uh, cliche you right. know it's the dead truth i remember one of my bullies by the way um uh, uh his he was he was always he was wow big like your man was brolic in elementary school which is like I don't even understand that like why what are you doing with muscles in the third grade bro <laughs> like you don't even need those right now like <laughs> what are you doing? None of I us was, are doing that. I... But you know why? You know why? It was because his dad used to show up after school and fuck him up in front of mm. everybody. Like just for all sorts of whatever things that happened at school. and he, But he used to beat him up like with his hands in, in like on school property, like in front of people. And that's a perfect, like when I look back, like I didn't understand it as a little kid, like looking back, it's like, well, of course you bullied me. Like your dad used to bully you in front of everybody. You know what I mean? Like he was mentally and physically abusing you in front of the people that were supposed to be essentially helping you. And those people just turned a blind eye, you yeah, know? So bullying is a very it's a very New York City thing. York City, and I'm, like, I'm going to throw
0: it out there and go, I don't know does, if it's just it's New thing. York City. I totally went through my bullying in high school. Maybe, I don't know to what extent it's all comparable, but I know a lot about getting bullied. Uh, that was certainly a thing that went on. No, uh, I
3: mean, that's the thing, right? But like in New York City, like I said, it's just everybody gets bullied. Like it, in some form or fashion. Nah, like you either you either
0: like, years, like. No, like I'm saying, like everybody I know here got. You balloon. bully or you
1: get bullied. You know, you. there's no. Uh... <clears throat> Yo, yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm. I could see y'all a lot better now. I don't know if y'all could see to see me the same or whatever, you but I could see same? everybody a lot clearer. now.
0: And you sound great. Um,
1: so. When I was, when I was in middle school and like elementary school, like I wasn't popular and you know, I wasn't, I, I bullied kids when I was like five or six, like I got into fights with boys and then I was kind of neutral. And then I got bullied in middle school. And then high school is when I got really thuggish, you know, by high school I was already in the streets and I was definitely like coming to school just to buy and sell weed hang out in the girl's bathroom bitches in there were crazy. And I immediately was like, I'm getting with the most thorough bitches <sighs> and that's it. And uh, at that point, like I was yoking bitches up trying to rob them.
0: What is yoking
1: <laughs> for like dollars some and shit.
0: shit. I don't know what yoking means.
1: Like yoking, like when you grab them by the like collar throat, you know what I'm saying? Like yoke them up.
0: Okay, now I know what you're saying. You said ser- yo man, damn it, You're serious. I like it.
1: Yeah. So, you know, but then I went up uh, to the to the group home where I was the only girl from Brooklyn. Um I was definitely like the only not black or Dominican person that was there. There was all black and Dominican girls. I think yeah, that, yeah, so that's it. That's it. There wasn't even no Puerto Ricans like cuz I was used to like a lot of Puerto Ricans around, but there was no Puerto, it was just black and Dominican. And um there was sometimes in the beginning that i definitely got bullied for sure bitches didn't even like how i talked you know what i'm saying but then my home then this girl then the new wave of like the first six months was hard for me it was hard for me but then my bitches came <laughs> my home girl sean ashley who's still my bitch to this day and this girl shekinah who was the first girl from brooklyn she came she was from bed stuy And I was like, a Brooklyn bitch has come. I was like, Oh yeah, you bitches. Yeah. And then after that, I like everything was good. Everything was good. And then I became part of a more elite circle and like we were we were we were killing it in there. You know what I'm saying? And all and like them Yonkers bitches couldn't hang when there was like more more of us. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was interesting. It was interesting. Um, so yeah, fucking uh, crazy time. So it's a cycle of like bullying, not bullying to be able to get to a place of being comfortable in your own skin. Like, I guess like bullying or getting bullied. I don't know. We didn't even really consider it that we just considered it like who, you know, it's, it's a jungle. You know what I'm saying? Like it's New
3: York city. I was going to say everything. Everything that you mentioned are all classic New York City things. One of which, by the way, I think is cool to talk about is I don't like you because of the way that you talk. I don't like you because of how you breathe. I don't like you because of how you exist. That's a very New York mm-hmm. City thing. Like where people are just like, yeah. you just walk by. And you know what? they just like, mm, I don't like that. I don't heard of it. Yeah and that's and it, a very, very New York city thing.
1: It's very primal. It's very yeah. it's very primal in the sense of like who's like it's something i didn't realize until later on when i started like learning about like energy and the kind of energy that you put out and shit like that whatever because you know growing up it was just like you don't know what it is. You know what i'm saying? Like all you know is that you can't be pussy. Like it's like there is nothing like it's like whether like i got jumped before outside of Lincoln when I was like 12, outside of Lincoln High School. I was still in middle school when I was like 12 or 13 or something like that. I got jumped by like fucking like eight kids, but I didn't go inside the store. I stayed outside and got my ass whooped. And the bitch I was with went inside the store. I just stayed outside. Cause I was like, I'm not gonna be pussy. Like I'm gonna be dead before I'm pussy. Like it's stupid, but it's like the way we grow up is like you just can't be pussy. It's like, it's so stupid, but it's just like what it is, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's fucked up. It's no, fucked up like, when you think about it. But it's like, the worst thing you could be is pussy.
0: But it's like, when we hear this kind of stuff, like, for you, this is reality. This is just what it is. But for the rest of us, it's like, this is probably why New York hip hop sounds like what it sounds like. And like, when we, we correlate yeah. a lot of the, the stories in the experience, because we don't, i'm surrounded by a lot of middle class people who don't fully um appreciate the lifestyle choices that get created by the environments that are there and the attitudes and things like what you're describing they've never heard of it they don't know it really exists they don't see that side of new york that side of new york is not really on tv for real reels it's like glamorized on tv So like to me, um, honestly, I learned so much about what it is to be in New York City through these conversations. Not like I really know, but like at least how hard it was or or complicated or why certain things are like just, yeah, it's, it's, it's baffling to me that the way somebody talks is a problem. When I grew up with multiculturalism, I'm being taught to praise people for their differences and to be inquisitive about people who speak different. Like, that was literally part of my high school curriculums and shit.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you, you know, we grew up very, you know, like, especially where I'm from Brighton Beach, like, there's definitely a lot of Russians, but there's a lot of Puerto Ricans, a lot of West Indians, a lot of um, Pakistani, Yemen, Asian, Filipino, especially like these, like. These are groups that I grew up with my whole life, like speaking each other's languages, eating each other's food, you know what I'm saying? They have food at my mom's house. I have food at their mom's house. And we understood, I I taught them how to curse in Russian. They taught me how to curse in Spanish, Arabic, any fucking language. And, uh, you know, it was like that kind of like, yo, what are you, like, what's your, you know what I'm saying? Like, what are you, where are you from? Like, where's your family from? You know what I'm saying? Like that's regular degula. you know what I'm saying? Like for sure, Uh, but. It's also, you know, when you go, like, there's all, those things all exist simultaneously. It's simultaneously people hating you for what you are, or what you look like, or what you talk like, or what you walk like, and simultaneously people just existing with you and, you know, appreciating your culture or whatever. But in New York City, the thing about it is, The diversity is very interesting because, you know, there's neighborhoods of whole people. Right. So it's like there's Dominican neighborhoods, there's um, Colombian neighborhoods, Russian neighborhoods, Italian neighborhoods, Jamaican neighborhoods, African neighborhoods, you know, so when you're it's a proximity uh, prejudice as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, Whereas you go, like, down south in America, like, the racism is, like, based on ignorance, you know what I'm saying? Like, what you know about people through TV and not really growing up with different cultures. Even the questions about cultures, the curiosity is, is, is different. Mm. Whereas in New York, there's, like, pro- like, you grow up around people, so you, st- like, my whole life I've heard people say that they hate fucking Russians. My whole life. Like and it's a regular thing, and I hate I hated Brighton Beach Russians. My whole I I didn't really connect with my own Russianness until I met my cousins from Russia, that were completely different than any Brighton Beach Russians that I met because a lot of Brighton Beach Russians was terrible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they suck. Like even walking in the street with them behind them, whatever. Uh, it was it's it was like look, you know what I'm saying? Like rude and fucked up and whatever the case is. So. You know what I'm saying, but shout shout out to all my Russian bright Beach homies that you know what I'm saying. But you know who I'm talking about when I'm even saying this. You know what I'm saying. Like we all was like these fucking Russians. You know what I'm saying. So it's a weird, um it's a weird feeling of like love hate for cultures. You know what I'm saying. Like
0: no, but it's mad interesting because so. it's it is definitely different than the mainstream attitude in my city that is a huge difference i would say we have different issues but like it's certainly Mm -hmm. not like based on that and so like you explain this you know especially the hip-hop skits people don't know how hard it is for me to understand what the fuck is going on on the mid-90s hip-hop skit like it's just dudes having a conversation and i'm like i don't know what the fuck's happening here and I bet all of yeah, y'all yeah. listen to it, and it's ROTFL City because you know what the fuck they're talking about. And so, like, hearing you describe stuff, it's mad helpful. It's really cool. And, like, thank you for just sharing that shit for real because it helps us all watching it. Like, we have Golden Jenny from Norway watching. That's like a person That's what's up. Norway getting enlightened on the nitty-gritties in New York City. But it helps us all get I love Norway,
1: man. I've been there a couple times. They show me mad love. Shout out to all the Norwegian homies and shout out to Zeps for bringing me out there. But I love, I love the Norwegian homies. out to homies. Zeps.
3: They, Big shouts to Zeps. Yeah. Mm, that,
1: that's, my sure bro- that's my brother. We're going to get to that because Zeps is, you know what I'm saying? Like after John Frank, who's my Bronx homeboy, who put me on to everything mm-hmm. and, you know what I'm saying, like got me in my first studio, Zeps. Is the person that put me on to all my first shows, like my first like five years of doing shows, okay. was strictly Zep's. All my first tours, all my first. Oh,
0: we have a question, year. and my girlfriend's the asker, so I have to like listen because you know uh, she wants to know. Yes, you do. I do. Yeah, I know the rules. Uh, <laughs> do you speak Russian?
1: Yes, fluently, so, totally. and I read and write it.
0: Yo, that's I read and write. Awesome. It. So,
1: I read and write like a, like a, like
0: I'm eight, like an eight year old, but,
1: uh, a lot slower than I read and write in English. But, uh, but yo, you know what,
3: real quick as a, as a fellow New Yorker, like be proud, you know what I mean? Like, especially being born here, like they, Mm -hmm. the, you, we, we're always caught in that dichotomy, right. Of like the people from where you're from who speak it very fluently, looking at you, like, you gotta get your shit together. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, you, then people out here being like, what are, you, what are you doing? You fucking Nazi. What language are you speaking? That's not English. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, right. that's, you know, what we're caught between. So like to speak another language at all, that's like, a as nothing but extra money at a job, um, uh, uh, just like another tool in life for you to communicate. But people who are like not from your background that are from your background you no know? so like be proud
1: uh-huh. no i am and i'm thankful to my mother because while uh you know i hated russian class growing up and you know she put me in russian class after school so i was going to school twice um and uh she made sure that i kept the language even though all the parents in the neighborhood who are also like former soviet uh escaped people were all like yo you gotta simulate nobody likes russians out here like don't speak russian you know what i'm saying like they didn't speak russian to their kids they didn't want their kids to learn russian um and my mother was like yo eat a dick like my daughter is gonna speak russian um you know because they were like she's gonna have an accent she was like bro she was born here like she's never gonna have any accent except for whatever new york accent or whatever.' But um, she's never going to have a Russian accent. She wasn't born in Russia. Of course, she like it. she's like, you're going to be in school. You're going to be in New York. You're going to, you know what I'm saying? Talk to people out here. So obviously you're going to speak English, but are you going to speak Russian unless I fucking force it down your throat? No. Mm. So I'm grateful that, uh, she did.
0: You know what? I really appreciate It's always appreciate weird when that. people
1: find out that I'm Russian.
0: <laughs> Honestly, it's you... Like, usually so... they
1: find out by hearing me talk to my mother. That's the way they find out that I'm Russian, by hearing me on the phone with my mom
0: i happen to work with a lot of ukrainians through my day job the mm-hmm. second you said it it explained so much like it just I was like oh that makes so much sense about her personality how straight to the point you are like i had to learn how to communicate effectively with ukrainian culture which is very similar to russian culture as far as everything mm-hmm. goes it's the same language Definitely. and shit. So yeah, it's, it's cool. Strong people. That's the one thing I can tell you. Like strong fucking people in the best possible ways. I love it in my opinion. And you know, Yo, like I wanna some say like
3: co- shout shouts out to your mom. This is like the second second reason that we everybody who knows you has like a reason to thank her, right? Mm. Like thank her for being like, no, like I don't really need or want to leave Russia, but I'm this guy. This guy, I'm going to follow him, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then she got here, and she had you, right? So, like, thank her for that. Because if she didn't have you, we wouldn't know you. And if she didn't take the time to
0: teach you that shit in your culture, I guess at a base level, who knows? Maybe you'd be a completely different person. But, yo, I know how complicated that language is, the level of discipline that it would take to actually have to learn about a third extra... thing like you know the he she they, they i don't know you know it better than me i'm sure but like your russian is a hard language but we got it that-
1: it's not hard when you grow up speaking it in the house you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like to me it's like super natural um it's completely but it's it's easier because kids are like sponges you know yeah. if, if i had to learn it now like i was thinking about taking up like learning arabic and I was like, damn, like, it's a whole nother symbols system. It's a whole nother, you know what I'm saying? Like, everything is completely so, yo, different. Does
0: that mean the Cyrillic shit is just simple for you? I think that's what it's called, the other alphabet for the Russian when mm-hmm. you, that's just, like, natural for you?
1: Yeah, it, it sometimes it gets a little confusing. Like, I just started using it on text to text my mom in, like, the last year and shit. So, it, sometimes it gets a little bit confusing. Uh, because there's a lot of similar letters that look exactly the same, but are a different sound. Like R, H is, uh, uh, English H is a Russian N.
2: Right. So,
1: you know, there's like those kinds of things that are like, you know, a little bit confusing. But, um, yeah, it's definitely uh it's definitely super not like I, I read
0: russian for sure you know you way. might think this is not interesting but the chat lit up the second we started talking about this this is a little bit why I really it. i swear people give a shit yo the next question because we're not even done i have more questions on the subject of russian in your life so <laughs> it is what it is Sick. let's get um, it
1: i love it
0: um because it's cool you're bilingual at least do you speak other like because yeah. I'm bilingual, so I appreciate that in another person because it's not that often you talk. And you're bilingual in a whole other language, which makes it, like, extra fucking cool, right? Um, but do you rap yeah. in Russian?
1: I actually just wrote my first... Uh, in the MC Challenge this past uh, m- this past two weeks ago, my acapella round was my first verse that I wrote uh, that's interchangeable in Russian and English. So it's my first, like, real Russian raps. And people have been telling me my whole rap career, like, yo, you should try rapping in Russian. try rapping in Russian, because you could speak it. But it's not that easy. Because I speak a very formal Russian, like I speak Russian to my mom, you know what I'm saying? So when I meet people from Russia, that grew up speaking Russian slang, that I don't understand uh, at all.
0: Yo, I relate. You so heavy. I do. Because I go through this yeah. with the Quebec French side of hip hop, I'm learning slang in French on the fly I have to like ask people like yo why is that funny like what the like because it's all literal translations I don't see the double entendres I don't understand the humor so I can't watch French mm-hmm. comics because I just hear French people speaking with drama and I'm like I don't actually understand the jokes which makes it really hard to yeah. write whereas in English nuance like nuances is so much of this shit so like I, I really do appreciate what you're saying
1: so. Yeah, the nuance is everything. When I listen to Russian rap, who I like, I just met my cousin, Oxy Miro, and I met him in 2017. He's a really famous Russian rapper. I met him on Skype in 2014. We just found out about Your cousin's each other. a famous Existing
0: Russian business. rapper?
1: Yes, my cousin battled disaster in LA um and it got like a million views in the first day and that's when we met in 2017 in los angeles um but i we only found out about each he's like my third or fourth cousin mm. um we only found out about each other because my mother uh had dinner with his uncle you know when he came to new york and he was like oh your daughter raps my my fucking, uh nephew raps and like that and we found out about other other facetime and what oxymoron it's like o-x-x-x Y-M-I-R-O-N. If I'm not
3: mistaken, as the resident, like, you know, battle rap expert and whatnot, um, that might be, like, uh, Disaster's highest-viewed battle, if I'm not mistaken. Um, like, you would think that because Disaster had so many huge moments um, that there, it'd be mm. something else. But, like, ah. uh which, thank you, now I know that that's how you pronounce it, right? So I'm going to try to give it justice. Yep. But, like, now that uh, – but he, like, he had such a huge fan base coming from Russia. Yeah. That if I'm not from
1: mistaken – L.A. Look, like, yeah. Russia has – I mean, L.A. has never seen that many Russians. It's
0: crazy. But it kind of yeah. reminds nah, me if was, we go back – he- So, if we think about that wrestling tip that we've been making that connection lately with hip-hop. Wrestling promotions do this shit all the time with the international like the WWE been friends with Japan for a minute because that shit fucking gets way more views when they have like, yo, when the championship moves across the fucking continent, you know, like that shit's huge. Yeah. So uh, to me, that's like dope.
3: It's the reason that the World Cup is like probably like the biggest event globally, you know, because everybody in the globe is involved. So everybody's like they're, they're right. once, once once your country's involved, now you're involved mm, and your feelings are true. involved and now you care. And now, now now, that you care, you're going to tune in, and those numbers are going to dwarf any other numbers that
0: are out there. Yeah, that's mad interesting. Yeah,
1: oxy was, like, getting, like, just off of Russia, was getting millions of views on anything he did, just off the shrink that, like, Russia finally felt like they had, like, their own. You know, he started his own league and everything like that, so
0: um yeah definitely makes sense i appreciate you sharing all of this dharma i know it's disjointed but usually the experience is disjointed but the people fucking like that because it's fine it feels more natural this is like what it would be like to hang out with the dharma in person
3: and fact check yeah. like i'm just also here to do that google did youtube did real quick disaster versus do you count the highest battle his. 14 that's million dope. views. Why? Because the audience that he mm-hmm. brought from Russia, and no, no battle that disaster did. No matter how big, how big the opponent Cassidy, who people like viewed like this has got to be the biggest thing in in oh, battle shit. rap history. Like a, a, a professional rapper comes and, and and battles with one of the battle rappers, like and and does pretty okay. Like that, you would think that that'd be his highest view battle, but it's not. It's the on battle oh, because. Fair
0: of the russian audience all right right. let's let's bring it back to like then uh, high school and shit uh were you actually doing that battle in the high schools were you doing any rap stuff were you like involved in anything at that point or was it still like poetry Uh, no by the
1: time i got to high school i was like rapping for sure um i was um uh like freestyling with friends I did I was like doing like regular lunchroom battling you know what I'm saying like your shoes are ugly whatever um and just rapping I had this friend uh who lived in the building next to Lincoln that had like fruity loops and like a recording situation kind of And uh, like, I recorded like a little freestyle, whatever, but all my homies back then that like, we would cut school. Like I never went to school when I went to Lincoln. I never went to class, right? You know what I'm saying? So I was just on some hustling shit. So we would cut school and like go to the boardwalk or the beach and we would freestyle. And um, my homies would be like, yo, don't quit your day job, you know? Which definitely lit a fire under my ass to be like, yo, I'm about to be mad nice for no reason. Like I'm about to just be mad nice. But then when I went up to the um, to the group home and I was, I had a CD player. Before I left, I went to my homie's cribs that had like CD burners and I burned Nas, Mob Deep, Biggie, Cameron, Like every rapper that I wanted to listen to, I'm like, I need a soundtrack to, I need music to like get me through this time, you know? Mm. So um, I was listening to Mad, Nas and Mob Deep specifically. And uh, I started writing rhymes in a way that I was like thinking I was like would Nas rap this would Nas like this like is this something Nas would say because I at that point I started getting to a like place where I'm trying to look at my raps objectively as somebody that now has been really like listening and studying it for a long enough time to know the difference between whack or good and um I wanted to be really good. So I, that was kind of like my point of reference was like, is this something? Like I was really heavily influenced by Nas at that time. So, and, and like, um, but before, before that, cause that was like group home era cause it's like a lot of like thinking and reflecting. It's like when people go away to jail and they start reading the Quran and the Bible and shit like that, like that was like my, my Bible was listening to Nas. Before that it was like, in the freestyle in the streets, I was like into like Biggie and 50 Cent, you know what I'm saying? Like their collab, their posthumous collab was like, you know what I'm saying, on repeat all the time. But, you know, then I went and started kind of like making my pen a little bit more like, let me talk some real shit, you know? Uh, So yeah, that's what I was doing then. Uh, That's when I was like 15, something like that, turning 16. And then when I came home, um I was immediately like I hit up my homie John Frank who I met in the system uh he was in like the boys uh detention thing and while I was in the girls and they would take us to like basketball games or like whatever wreck so that was my bro and um and then I, st- I went to a different high school now so I went to Brooklyn Studios so I went to a total of like three high schools um so yeah I came back and I immediately was like yo let me start recording you know I I I didn't get really nice for a while, but every rapper that really wants to get nice, like objectively nice has a point where they knew that they broke the threshold,
2: Mm.
1: you know, um, like I really, I needed to be nice. (laughs) Like I felt like it was something that I was good at that I could do. But you know, when I recorded those tracks in the Bronx and I took them home to my peoples and I showed them to like, eternal and mgs and you know what i'm saying ken Boogs and all of that it was like yeah yeah you know what i'm saying yeah but you need to work on your flow you tighten up your flow i'm like right, i'm not up my flow um i started and i was listening to a lot of az at that time and i wrote a verse to the more money more murder more homicide beat and that was the verse that broke through at, when i wrote that verse that was the first time i got that feeling of like holy shit like now this az would spit this you know what i'm saying and it's like still yeah. a verse that i could pull out the i ass. have, I have like, like i pulled it out the ass
0: i love what you're doing yeah. with the way you're you're like i love the standard you created i've not heard a single person say this now and i've talked to maybe 50 60 people so maybe it's not the hugest number but so when something that new comes out it's fucking cool for me um the standard threshold i think of a lot of us thought about that standard like and, it, and it's really a cool way to adopt new styles and to flip up your shit mm-hmm. if the person i'm clearly emulating because the people okay so there's that group of people who refuse to listen to music when they write their shit i don't know how the fuck they do it but a lot of other people listen to music and are clearly emulating stuff as they go and learning from other styles and evolving like that but would the person that i care about spit that shit that i wrote that's a beautiful fucking way to elevate your game like if you're trying to like make tips for how to be a better rapper on youtube type shit that's mm-hmm. a go viral level tip <clears throat> that's dope that's yeah, a knowledge I mean, nugget it's a,
1: it's, it, thank you i appreciate that i mean for, for me it was like about trying to be as objective as i can because i didn't want like I didn't want to be delusional, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I wanted to be good, and I wanted to, like, do this for real. Like, I always wanted to be a music artist. I always wanted to be a music artist. And right. there was parts of my life where I didn't think of that as a dream anymore. Like, when I was in the group home, I wanted to go to business school. And I wanted to, like, open up a club. Like, that was, like, my dream then, or, like, start a business, like, be a business person. Um, which I still, you know, I don't have a business now, so it's like I am that but um i always wanted to be a music music maker songwriter performer that feeling that like i i got the first times that i performed um you know even though i was holding the mic fucked up and popping it all crazy and had terrible breath control you know when i could get the verse out and whatever that response from people that look that energy exchange like once i felt that they were just like there's ever since then, there's never been a time when that wasn't the, the thing that I did, you know, so I wanted to be objectively good. Um, at, at like being a lyricist, like I needed to be respected, my homeboys that I used to like hustle with. Uh, we like we was in the streets, we was in elevator shafts, like smoking blunts, like rolling up whatever we used to break into houses, just to smoke weed in the wintertime, like we would fucking empty out Dutch cuts into unfinished walls and shit and i would be like yo check out this verse like this is before that that breakthrough verse but uh, or even after actually like during that whole time period i'd be like yo check out this check out this verse and my homeboy would be like yeah that's cool you ever heard of big l and he'll like start playing big l like like give me no type of props and nothing like that on anything i did and show me big l so i knew that like Like the people around me, everybody around me had such a high standard for what was good at rapping and had no issue with, even if they rapped themselves or didn't whatever, had no area about telling you that you shouldn't be rapping. You know what I'm saying? Like they never like looked at it as like, whatever. They they weren't music makers. Music wasn't their life. There wasn't no like, let me encourage other artists. It was like, nah, bro, I'm not listening to you. I listen to Big L and I listen to Big Pun and I listen to this and I listen to that listen to that before you come at me spit in But like, let's be
0: real if we would just think about what you just said you were talking to fans of music and they were explaining to you viscerally what fans give a shit about i don't Mm -hmm. think that actually changed in the world of fans to this day when people talk Mm -hmm. about music i don't mean peers artists and friends i'm talking about just strangers acquaintances yeah yeah i know yeah I think a lot of us have gone through the experience of yeah, check out my song. You know, like and so I think what you're saying is super insightful and really helpful for a lot of people to hear.
1: Yeah, I mean it was you know, it was that type of and I always felt like shit, but I also felt like, all right, well I'm gonna listen to Big L and fucking you know, study this type of you know lyricism and ability to put words together and you know, all those kind of things. I like I needed to get good. Like I had a like a fucking thing inside me. I was like, I need to master that. I need to master that.
2: Like
1: you're so good. Today. So I started like, <laughs> I mean, it take it's, took you know a lot. I mean, once I started getting good and I started putting out music and whatever, like for real, I started getting my props. But props can also make you kind of like feel yourself. You know what I'm saying? And be like, yo, I don't have to maybe try as hard yes it's it's breaking through that and being like yeah actually i do <laughs> that that makes you like solid and good you know what i'm saying because i feel like i was i was good at rapping but i wasn't like a solid artist for a mm, long time you those know? are
0: two extremely different things i mm-hmm. like that distinction that's really cool but still you're young and you're applying yourself to the craft and something i really appreciate is the level of effort that when people tell me like yo i knew i wasn't good self-awareness that's a huge part of being great is to be self-aware you have to know where you stand and you're actually being realistic with this big l like i'm gonna say that to this day i think (laughs) big l is one of the nicest i don't care what. my big l album review still gets clicked on that doesn't happen for most people but maybe 10 people a week but still somehow big l is that interesting okay like and you're like i'm gonna be that good and i'm not argue. i heard some of your shit i put dom on that playlist i'm not gonna lie and uh (laughs) why because you you created a real standard like i'm not like i gotta be better than homeboy down the block i gotta be good enough to impress the people that are fucking with big l that's what i want to be yeah and then you said you had that moment of niceness and i might have been the az song it might have been a different one i don't know but you had the moment of breakthrough niceness where you're like i fucking achieved what i set out to do mm-hmm. and you grinded it out and you you went through the harshness okay because it's not fun when people say your shit's not good enough but you still did it and you got better you, you, as as the kids say you got good uh and now you are i don't know that's that's incredible like these are powerful fucking lessons you might like look at it like so matter of fact because it's your life but for me hearing it it's like dama is doing the shit people write books about that people spend 30 dollars read and never apply that's actually dope yeah i'm it's just what it is and
1: like practice too you know like Zepps uh used to like have me freestyle with him like outside of his mom's uh rest in peace his mom's crib in brighton beach and we would sit on the patio and like he would freestyle with me and like beatbox and like you know make me like go off of his last rhyme, you mm. know and that was uh definitely a, a sharpening thing. Like you got to think fast. Like I used to practice freestyling in my house while I was like trying to clean my room or something like that. And I would just be like rapping about the stuff around the house, which is like not something I would do now. Because I know that like, that's not where the ghost lives. You know what I'm saying? Like the ghost that takes over your body when you uh, are kicking that uh, freestyle where you blacking out and your eyes is in the back of your head like, yeah, I know, like, mean. the ghosts don't necessarily live there. But you need to do those things in order to be able to conjure the ghosts. You know, but uh, yeah, so I used to definitely like practice and go hard, uh, at, like writing raps and trying to get good. And Zeps introduced me to my first producer, uh, Nick Jack, who uh, so recorded is the, my first Zeps, album.
0: Zeps is the first guy you met, not the second guy? Because you said there were two. Zeps
1: is the second guy.
3: Second. Okay. Second. Second. And once again. Zeps is the second. Okay. I want to make sure to say shouts out to Zeps. You know what I mean? Like I got a lot of love for Zeps. Zeps is the homie. And I always, uh, appreciated that about him, the way that he would like, look out for everybody around him. So big shouts to Zeps. That's fair. He
1: was another venturer because he went to city, a city as a high school in the city in Manhattan. So he was another venturer who connected groups from like Queens and other different places. Um, and you know what I always loved about Zeps is that he is 100% real in your expectations. So, whereas, like, being in this game as long as I have, I've heard a million times, yo, this is going to be industry. This is going to be popping. This one and that one is going to be there. This one and that one's going to see you. It's going to be this and that. Like, bullshit. Zeps would throw shows for friends by friends. For- uh, but, uh, what's it called, uh, for friends, by friends with friends, Bowery Poetry Club in lower Manhattan. And he would tell you, yo, the show is starting late. I know I told you you're performing at 10, but most likely you're going on at 11. Yo, this and that I told you, you said it's 10 but uh, minutes or 15 minutes. It might be eight minutes, whatever. Like he was always just real about everything to the point where it's like, like that set a standard for me as well. Like knowing that kind of realness of expectation made me really be able to discern the bullshit. Even though of course I fell into the bullshit trap, the the let's have a two hour phone conversation about making you famous, kid. You know what I'm saying? I definitely fell into that trap, but I didn't fall all the way into it where I like lost everything in it because mm-hmm. I knew how to discern the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Because of Zeps, and he introduced me, my friend. Like because Zeps is a rapper. John Frank is a rapper too, but he was like on some trying to be a mogul shit. Like he was trying to be Diddy, you know what I'm saying? Which, you know, he was of of that of our little crew, you know what I'm saying? Everybody they was all blooded out and shit. I was like, oh shit, I'm about to be blood by proximity, you know what I'm saying? Bronx. Um f- uh Five Blessed. Shout out to Five Blessed. Actually, uh what's the dude's name? Denzel Porter, that's uh um from up there. He was the engineer of the first track that I ever recorded. Work. And uh he he was recording in that same that was his studio. Mm. Um Work. I don't think he even remembers that. But I came here with this dude named uh um uh black aka woo. Wow, woo, early on. Now everybody on that woo shit. Damn, okay. Uh, I'm just realizing shit. But yeah, like so he put me on to like songs that got me in the studio type shit. Zepp's helped me sharpen my sword and put me on to shows and introduced me to Producers. He introduced me to Nick Jack right. and and Souls. So you know. So let's he, go he, back to. got the, me on that next level.
0: So let's go through the Bronx part because I think we skipped that to go to the other part because that's how I understand the timeline, unless I'm confused. But uh, so you finish you finish high school at some point, I assume. I, I didn't finish what, high school. You don't, let's you finish the era of high school is what I was, was trying to like kind of move on through. Like, I guess, 18-ish, and I don't know, whenever it is. But when do you start going to Bronx and moving into the next? No, grade? I was Are... doing
1: that while I was, like, 16, 17. Okay. I was so... doing that early. I, I, and then okay, okay. I, I was I was still in high school. I was in my, like, second high school, moving on to my third high school when I started going to the Bronx and recording. And then a couple of months later, I was. that's when I started hanging out with Zeps, still in high school. Okay, so this uh, is all, like, at the same studio. time.
0: So like, it, so it's not. Yeah, like,
1: it's within the same couple okay, of okay, okay, years. Okay, okay,
0: okay. That makes New kind of sense. New Yorkers
3: tend though. to, New Yorkers tend to be a little bit more advanced. Like you're kind of doing adult things once you're in high school, if you're yeah. kind of like really out there like that, and that's just kind of like the mo. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never, I never graduated high school. I got my GZ years later, but I was in school to go do uh, selling drugs and music shit. Like that was like my whole M.O., especially when I got out and I started going to Brooklyn Studio. I was a really good student for the first six months, like my report card was fire. But then I met my homegirl, Angie and she was on her like cutting school and smoking weed shit. And I was like, let me get back on my selling weed shit, you know, and I could like make some money out here. And, uh, you know, I started chilling with her and doing all of that. And then I started going to the Bronx. She came with me to my first studio session ever, um, shout out to Angie. So, uh, you know, we trooped it two and a half hours from Bensonhurst to uh, 238th and White Plains. So, yeah, that was, and then I only did that like three or four times, um, you know, I would go out there and chill, record a few songs, whatever. But then shortly after that is when I met Zepps and he started getting me, uh, he introduced me to Nick Jack and Nick Jack used to pick me up from Brooklyn studio. He was my friend with the car. He's from Staten Island. He used to pick me up from Brooklyn studio at like 11 AM. We would go to Queens to do a radio show at uh Queensborough Community College. Or is it uh Long Island, um, the one in uh, Long Island city, I think, what's the Queens college? Like one of the you names talk, of the, LaGuardia. About,
3: uh, LaGuardia. LaGuardia. I was gonna say LaGuardia. LaGuardia. With the, the a- they used to have the a outlet behind it.
1: I don't even remember,
3: but yeah, I know yeah, they had yeah. a
1: college radio station. They definitely and did. we used to go and freestyle um, on that station, and this is all during school. I will bring a bottle of E and J with me, blunts, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like just like busting sales and shit, busting choppies while I was out there, and then uh, freestyle on the radio show, then go back to Staten Island, record a song, then get dropped off in Brooklyn. So like I was already like on some like this is this is my life. I loved it, you know.
0: But uh, it's like
1: life got its got its ways. But that was a cool time.
0: Yo, it's nifty to think like you were just like a part of it all like were you actively performing were you just recording like for you it's just like a blur or whatever yeah. For me it's like okay so she went to Bronx and she made some music and uh, I don't know what that really means. <clears throat> so yeah
1: I mean that was a short that was a, that was a stint you know what I'm saying like I did a few things up there. Came back down, did a few things down there. You know what I'm saying? Like it's all—it's all, it's all kind of simultaneous. As soon as I met Zepps, he started putting me on to shows. So simultaneously, I'm recording in Staten Island and then um, doing shows with Zepps in Lower Manhattan. This is all like fake ID shit. Like I was probably like 17, turning 18 at that time. So and you know, henceforth for a hot minute.
0: So like, and you tell, said, yeah, tell us about performing though. Like, what's it like to be performing in New York in that time, being underage, as I am? Like, that's a crazy experience that not many people are ever going to have.
1: Yo, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it it seemed like so regular, you know what I'm saying? Like, we just went to, um, to the place. I used somebody's sister's ID because I had a fake ID my whole life from, like, 13 on. I always had some kind of fake ID, but I needed a real fake ID that was a real one that you could scan. So I would borrow, like, my homeboy sister's IDs and shit like that, and I would have a couple in the the thing, and I would go to the spot, and they would just let me in to, uh, and if they thought my, okay, so I'll tell you a good story. Zepps took me upstate New York uh, to do a show with, like, Merck uh, and a bunch of people upstate in Albany. Uh, Merc and the New Familiars, first time I saw like a hip-hop band melodic situation definitely inspired me. But the Bouncer didn't want to, it's brick outside, it's cold, winter time. Um Bouncer didn't want to let me in because he did this thing. This was when Google Maps first came out, all right? Because he looked at my ID and he was like, what's your address? I'm like, I know my address by heart, it's in my address. He puts the address up in the Google Maps and says, what's your cross streets? And I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> like?" I definitely didn't know he did not want to let me in. I'm like, dude, I just came here from Brooklyn, like three and a half hours away, my homeboys, I'm with Zepps and another dude and, and he's asking them my name, but they know my real name, but they know me as Dama. So, but they don't know my ID name.
2: Right. So
1: they're like, what's her name? He's like, yo, we know her as Dama. Yo, we're all rappers. We don't know each other's real names. (laughs) And so we had to call the owner. And at this time I was selling this weed. That if you remember at that time in New York City there was this weed that was regs but it, it looked like dro and we called it baby dro and it didn't have no seeds or stems and it smoked real good and it had the fucking I I like it looked icy you know what I'm saying like, facts it facts, facts I dro. remember
3: this I remember this the baby the baby dro and, you know and, what I'm and saying? technically speaking there was like probably like twenty strains like
2: <laughs> yes
1: I used no. to get it for regs prices so I would get it you guys it for like, had a baby uh, dro. All-
0: that's the cutest weed name I ever drug. heard.
1: Yeah, it was super cute. It was super cute how much money that shit made. Because I used to fucking <laughs> buy it for um, fucking like regs prices. What was it like? It was like $50 an ounce or some shit. It was something ridiculous at that time. And I would when we would go upstate, like that time, I bagged it up and I sold nicks as dimes and dimes as dubs and so on. Double. Everything. So and you know, because you're when you go into upstate New York from the city, you're like, yo, I got that piff that New York piss. when you when that you're tax.
3: going out of New York period, it's the biggie. Yeah. And Nick's yeah. go for uh uh dimes down south, you know, everything yep. doubles in price. As yep. soon as we leave New York City with it, because it gets a New yep. York City tax. Yeah, the
1: New York City tax. And you'd be like, yo, what's that fucking haze, silver haze? They'd be like, Yeah, let me get fucking like so much like all of it sold out cleared out so the owner comes out the dude's not letting me in she puts an x on my hand she's like yo you can come in just to perform after you perform you're out i'm like all right i come in there i'm selling mad weed (laughs) and then i watch the performers the other performers i perform she didn't kick me out she let me stay i ended up selling her weed though everybody at the bar you know what i'm saying And it was just it was a, it was a great night, but yeah, performing with fake IDs, it's like what you would, what I had to do at that time, you know, it's bars, it's all bars. You got to fucking travel to, you know what I'm saying? Get to a bar to perform, club, whatever.
0: All I'm saying is my Everything. girlfriend reminisced and appreciated your story more than, like I felt like she brought her back to her fake ID era and a lot of people had a fake ID era.
1: For sure. For sure. I definitely, I started going out to clubs when I was like 14.
3: You know, I, 13, just, 14, I started going out to twenty-one and up. Yo, I was from I was from Broad Street, yo. What I mean, Philly. Yeah, Broad Street. I was a super Beans fan when wow. I got my fake yeah. ID.
0: I certainly yeah, he was, was not from that
3: Philly. Person.
1: I had a Pennsylvania ID too. My first fake ID that I got in the West Village from Philadelphia, though I think it was like Pittsburgh or some shit. But it was a Pennsylvania state ID because the the places in the in the no in the East Village they made fake IDs like on the spot. They're not scannables, but they never. I wonder, New York you know because...
3: what? That that I I think I'm getting what you're saying. Like yo, it's crazy, right? Because I got yeah. mine in Harlem on 125th, and it's just like uh like. They, for them to be that far separated and to both be doing specifically Pennsylvania, where Pennsylvania you want to be from, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. girlfriend was telling yeah, me, yeah,
1: because it's, it's, it's close, but not New York, you know?
0: Yeah. Now this 14 year old girl, but Yeah, what was she thing, saying? She's like, I was uh, at the bar at 14 trust. I'm with you. She's just, she's uh, commiserating yeah. with your experiences.
1: For sure. I mean, it was fucking sick, man. We Like, it was sick. I had my homegirls, Jackie and Monica, and, like, you know, they were older. They was like, five years older than me. And we was friends since I was, like, 13. They were, like, 17, turning 18. Like, I was just hanging out with all older kids. Everybody was older than me. But I really started clicking with them, and we would you know do all the shit and we would go to fucking clubs and like we went to like life in queens and like all these different places and like just partying like we're 21 so it was uh i mean like i'm 21 <laughs> crazy man crazy but i feel like yo back then i used to tell my moms i was like yo let me do all this shit right now and get it out of my system because i'm gonna do it eventually let me just i'm gonna just do it now
3: that's great. That's great life advice. That's a knowledge nugget right there. For facto, drop those. Not right every
1: there. kid should be doing that, that that's, shit. You Go should ahead. no. I'm
3: saying, period. Like it's good nah, to babe. get things out of the way. Like all those, like I'm gonna fuck up. I'm gonna do all this crazy shit. You should get that done early. Yeah, like that's why facts, a lot man. of people in life end up having those midlife crises because they have like that, like. This feeling of just like, oh my god, I'm gonna die without having done X, Y, and Z and experiencing yeah. whatever, and it's Yo, just like I, I you should have done sure that know. when you were young. You should. So been like, so I didn't focused. do any
0: of that shit when I was young, and then I hit my mid twenties, and all of a sudden I'm dibbling and dabbling in things that I probably should have dibbled and dabbled in like way earlier in life, right? And when you're like mm-hmm. full time employee shit, coming in after a Molly trip feeling depressed is a different thing than when you're going to school. That's all, you know. It's just a different vibe. It's like it's so. Like hearing you say that, I think you know. This I'm not yeah. not to encourage Yo, coming, everyone, but coming,
3: like going into nine to five, shirt and tie, corporate America, with like after a weekend of like fucking doing wild coke and having like the ill bloody nose at work, like that's like it's, it's different. It's another. It's another. These are situations that you know.
0: Yeah, so, this is why we're here. You, you spit some wisdom again. Yo, I worked saying.
1: in the Empire State Building on the 60th floor when I was 18 to to 20. Like 18 and a half to 20, I worked in the Empire State Building for a fucking... Like, if you see Wolf of Wall Street, that's where I worked. Um, And uh, I used to work with a bunch of degenerates. Uh, everybody had a suit and tie on, but they had tattoos up to their neck, you know? <laughs> Uh, everybody did coke, everybody in there was either in rehab, in recovery, or uh, still an addict about to go to rehab, mm-hmm. so we did coke in the elevator, like, it was a, I did that, like, party all weekend, wild out, whatever, and then come into work Monday morning, or party on a Tuesday, come into work Wednesday morning, and, uh, you know, but I was really young, so I was able to handle it at that time, like, I've, you know, like, it's... <laughs> Not now, fuck that. But back then, a hundred percent. And I would talk to my homeboys that were and my homegirl. That was everybody was all in uh, in rehab and shit. And they were like, "Listen, I was like, I was like, well, what would happen if you take a shot right now?" <laughs> They'd be like, "Yo, I'm in, gonna end up in a hotel with a, a hooker and a fucking eight ball of blow and a needle in my arm by tomorrow night." And i'm like oh shit so we do drugs differently <laughs> like that's when i learned like people do drugs differently some people could do drugs or dabble or whatever and some people are like nah stay away don't do that <laughs>
3: they are ready they're ready, so, to, they're, uh, ready to, they're ready to crash their whole entire life like look yeah this, this is, is me. A- i'm behind the wheel and i'm about to take this bitch off the road
1: <laughs> right 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 so yeah i definitely get the whole that was my last corporate job. I mean, that was my only corporate job. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was the, the job that told me that I don't want to be working in the corporate situation. Yeah. But I've been working since I was 14, whether it's hustling or whatever, or legit, like hustling and legit job simultaneously, like in New York City, you need both, you know, so uh, I was doing both a lot. And I did like telemarketing and shit. You know, whatever. But that Empire State uh, State Building job was was crazy. It was mad. Brett. My first paycheck, they took me to the strip club across the street, Rick's Cabaret, ordered me a steak and a bottle, got me a lab dance. Like, yay, welcome to the company. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, (laughs) I like working here.
0: That's amazing. That is a wild time. That is a seriously wild story. Am I going to lie? I, like, appreciated it. I assume that your dog is being adorable, and that's why you muted it. I'm a dog person, yeah. so I'm all about that. Don't get me wrong, so I fucks with it.
1: Yeah, I'm about to kick her all the way to Montreal. You can fucking have her. She's over here bugging.
0: Um, I'm all right with that. <laughs> no, um, I'll play, it. I'm I'll play like, it. I'll play it. I'll play it. I'll play it. No, I respect that. Dog, dogs are dope. That's like uh, when I can get to that place in life, I will get a dog. I don't think I can do it today because it's mad commitment, mad commitment, and I respect anybody mm. that holds it down um
1: yeah i've had my dog for seven years man tana
0: that's my my baby that's beautiful um so like when you were like when is it like i don't really know how your like whole career goes right so now i know that you're performing and you're like basically young and then that makes two
1: of us bro (laughs)
0: Then you turn, like, <laughs> adult, I, okay, because for me, like, adult is 18, for you, adult is 21, right? So, I guess for you, you're not really over age. No, so... for me,
1: adult was 14. <laughs> well, I
0: meant, like, okay.
1: No, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, no, because you could smoke cigarettes, and, like, adult is 18 in the United States, but drinking age okay, and, like, okay, over to okay, clubs okay. and bars is 21, you know, but... By the time I was 21, I had already been living on my own, working, doing so much adult shit that there was no, like, crossing over of the threshold. Like, I, I, like, 18 and 21 was not, like, thresholds to cross for me at all, because I was already living like I was 21 for a long time. So it was like, by the time I got there, I was like, this is just regular. This is just life. I had already lived 100 lives by that time.
0: So how is it going like musically then throughout this period? So you start recording, you start being linked up with producers, you start meeting people and then what happens with all of that?
1: Um, I started, uh, performing with Zepps. A lot of people started seeing me in the New York city scene. I started going to EO dub, um, when I was like, <sighs> what, 17. And, um, yeah, I started like sharpening my sword, you know, I met all the homies from over there uh and over or over here <laughs> uh and you know i was there pretty much you know every sunday that i could be there um then when i was shit, how was i 20 uh 19 zepp's booked us like a tour situation in california so i went to la and the bay area and we did like three shows in la then drove up to the bay and did two shows up there and uh, with our homies like Zen How and Zyme and Floss. Shout out to them. Um, so you
0: like literally road tripped across the country to perform places?
1: No, we flew to okay, LA. Flew. I mean, we flew to LA and then we drove to the Bay. Um, and then we went to North Carolina. Uh, drove down there. Did a show out there with all the homies. Souls was there. F-Dub was there. It was, it was a bunch of us. Um, then Zepps and I went to... Norway, London, and Amsterdam, and performed. Uh, so we did a bunch of shows out there. Then I came back to New York, and Mozy put me on to like this Wu Tang Chic Luch
3: tour that was going on. So I opened up for them. Wow! And this is all at um, the hold, hold of like nineteen, you said, right? Yeah.
1: Oh no! At this point now, the, like there was the Cali tour, there was the North Carolina thing, there was the Norway, London, Amsterdam, there was. Another Cali time, then by this time, I'm already, by the time I performed with Sheep and Ghostface, was I, I must have been 21, because I had my 21st birthday in LA. That's um,
3: crazy, that's your, these are your college years. The second, the
1: second time I went to LA, I had my 21st yeah, that's birthday, like... For one of these fake ass industry parties where they told me, like, oh, what's mad, industry execs, you're going to perform Midnight Hit. I had the mic in my hand and the beats with the DJ and Jesus. is there ready to be my hype man, and they shut down the whole fucking spot because the promoters didn't pay them. So that was how I spent my twenty first birthday. I wanted to fight everybody. I wanted to wash people up. We all was about the, we all was about to die in LA because I was like we was all very upset. Um, But then I went to Norway and London and whatever. So by this time I'm twenty one.
0: Right.
1: This is twenty one time.
0: Yo, but that's, like, do you realize how much you've done by 21? You've already, like, done more than entire careers by the time you're 21. Yeah. I mean,
3: I'll tell you this, like, what she just listed, like, by the age of 21, like, that's, like, experience that other artists, like, wish that they could pay for and get early in life, you know what I mean? No, Most not, artists not just don't early in life. People would just do to, it at all. Ages.
0: There are people who would just, yeah. I know today, that are like, would just pay for that experience if they could. If they knew the person, they put up five racks just to get that experience.
1: Yeah. And I think the reason that like everybody saw how hungry I was, especially Zeps. So he always would put me on and like our own, you know what I'm saying? Like people that he, or not even our own, but like people that he put on before would be like tight, like, Yo, I thought I was going to rock, like Dama Gets Time, whatever, like hating, But I'm like, yo, I come when you, when Zepp saying throwing on a show and he's like, yo, there's this bar in Williamsburg that I'm going to go perform. You know, I, I I got a set. It's 15 minutes. I'll give you like a song and a half or whatever. You can have five minutes of my set if you come. And it's in Williamsburg. So that's like a fucking hour and a half on the train in a blizzard or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And I would do it every time, no matter what I was going through in my real life. Like during this time, I was fucking homeless. I was... Like, like shit was a crazy, that was a bad time period in my personal life, but a good time period in my, in my music life, because I was, uh, I was hungry and I didn't give a fuck if I didn't have nowhere to sleep that night, I would find a place to change, to to like look as fly as I could or whatever, to go to a show and perform at any given time. So it was like people like Zepps and like Mozzie, when he put me on to that show and like Later on, Penn when he put me on to Jimmy Fallon, probably like within a year or so after that, um, saw in me because I was ready, willing, and able to rock all the time. Hungry, hungry shit. Yo, all the
0: way. Well, those are big life lessons because yo, as much because a lot of people that are hungry, and I use the quotation marks because when it comes to hungry, it, it stops at the words. But you you're describing a lot of actions you took that are irrevocably hungry, yo i do know what it is to take an hour and a half blizzard fucking subway i have to do that shit to work a lot like it's just half a year mm-hmm. for here so hearing you say that you're willing to drop shit to go do that to do five minute sets yo. i i have some like pride issues sometimes with the idea of five minute sets today and now so like well today
1: <laughs> yeah for sure like <laughs> back then though it's like you know 19 17 18 19 20 21 year old dama was very like i don't like you know it took a while for people to find, like, once I got gassed up enough to where I was feeling myself and I already dropped a project and a video, then it became kind of more like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like if Dom was performing, like it's a show, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, put me on a real thing, like getting my own. But before that, while I was, you know, working my way up, I'd go to EO Dub, which is for me at that time, it would be a train and a cab or two trains or a train and a, and a hefty walk. Because uh, EO Dub wasn't really next to where my train was, you know? So um, it was kind of a mission, especially on a weekday. I mean, a weekend, Sunday. When did you start going um, to the But I would do it and go just to rock one song or rock at the Power Cypher at the end, even though I never had... At 17.
0: Yeah, 17.
1: So yeah, EO Dub, like, even though I never had to sign... Like, after my first couple of times of going, after that, I never had to sign the list again. I'd always get, like, put on stage at a certain point is still going on a mission to go rock and going on a mission to go cypher. But it's like what you do when you love it, like all you do want to do is be around it and, and do it.
3: Could you talk about that for a second real quick? Could you like, like break it down? Because I think you're thinking that this audience is familiar with your dub story, and they probably aren't, you know what I mean? Like, so, so true. It's yeah. not being able to sign up, just is like a, a, a super so here, no. here
0: let me give you a frame of reference to always keep in mind golden jenny's in norway she does not know necessarily about the eo dub experiences and what the list means in new york city uh, i think it's the pyramid right is it the pyramid is that the name of the place
1: yeah it was it was the pyramid at that time yeah
0: um so you know
1: eo dub eo dub is this you know network that uh that we're all on now you know but it's been 20 plus years in new york city and a bunch of countries around the world. But at that time, you know, I just knew EO Dub as an open mic place with an MC challenge that I had friends that participated in and and people that beefed in it. You know, it was just, it was just a place, you know, it had a a certain kind of reputation for having like politics or whatever, like from people that weren't in it. Um, So I was a little apprehensive, but when I started going, the first people I saw was Angel, Vice, Sarah, and jess that was the era that i started going like when i'm
3: I'm sorry to interrupt you again sis you know what i mean pardon pardon the interruption but right let's give them full names so uh ain't ain't (coughs) and angela was angel as an artist back then right Mm -hmm. and vice versus and sarah connor with a k and uh, Jess James Figueroa.
1: Yep.
3: Is the first people that you meet at EOW, which are pretty yep. big, big names. Those are all like you got, you meet one of the founders and vice versa. And you meet yeah. uh, one of the future co hosts with you and Sarah. Mm-hmm. And also like underground veteran, super veteran, um, and Jess James Figueroa. Yep. And Angela, who's, like, also, like, helps run the dub to this day, right? Yeah. So like, and
1: Vice Versus was the whole reason that we're here in this Zoom. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, this whole Zoom channel was started as a memorial to Vice Versus, you know? So, yeah. Rest in peace, VZ, man.
0: Uh, um, no, That's cool. And that, just people don't necessarily understand that this is, like, a big deal to people like everybody i've talked to from new york has spoken of their time going through the dub but what people don't often talk about is how they went a couple of times and got skipped and don't have to sign up on the list in fact usually what people are telling me is how they had to wait on the list till the end of the night so what i they, not everybody's going to know that you not having to wait on the list is a testament to the fact that you's that ill and you're really just being humble about it is what I'm appreciating when you should be a little bit more braggadocious about how significant um, it is that you got to skip the list. So that's why I worded it all like that because it's actually a big yeah. deal that you're that good. I mean, I guess. <laughs> no, yeah.
3: no, no, no. It's definite fact. And that's what I'm trying to drag out of YouTube. And I'm yeah, no, I mean, right now. like, yo, like, fam. I need you to be on it right now. Like, just be real. Like, this is these are all these are all like those names are all very important names, and and the fact that you are that like blessed to have you know have all those cosigns and and be able to have the right to skip the line. Yo, my outside just went crazy. Like, yo, the Bronx, baby. Like, I hear like cars. Guns, (laughs)
1: guns
3: <laughs> the speakers just started blaring, like the Bronx baby the Bronx it speaks and has a voice but but yo like you you really like you you're like downplaying it and 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 Holden's right to like yeah. say what he's saying like yo it's this is a everybody right, just so come boom, on
1: fucking everybody that came on you know Body and shit from the first day <laughs> yeah you know what I mean
3: there we go. Look, like no, it's my...
1: facts. I mean, Vice, Vice saw me and he was immediately, uh, like, uh, immediately like a like a like a friend. Like, yo, you're good. Like, you know what I'm saying? We we met up shortly after one of my first times at the dub, and he took me to Harlem where Ox was living with Agalaw, and we recorded a song together with Agalaw, the Dom Bishop, uh, <laughs> and Ox, real big Ox. I don't know if he's still in here. Um, He's there.
0: I was about to ask Is that the same ox that has the thing Playing right now that's just a bunch of random Movie clips Or clips? Yeah it's
1: the Vice video for Okay, uh, okay. Uh, With te- uh, television I think okay. Um But yeah uh, So Yeah so immediately Vice was and Vice was on stage all the time Hosting at EOW at that time So anytime I would come in he'd give me that Look like you you, you Come on, come on. Like, Let's go so yeah, he always and he got me like he was the first person to ask me to be in he was the only person that really told me to be in the MC challenge. Like he didn't ask me, he like, yo Dama, like you're down to do the MC challenge? I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm down to do it. Like so he put me in my first MC challenge which I won. And uh put me in every challenge that I've pretty much been in except for these uh virtual ones.
0: So keep it You won it.
1: versus who? <laughs> I don't know who was in that I don't remember who was in that first one. I remember who was in the challenge of champions in that first one, and I think it was like CF, Amzilla. Oh, uh, damn. I don't know. I don't know. It was like, I know Amzilla was in. I know CF was you just in. Named, you I just was named in two one free with Freestyle Ireland monsters.
3: Too. Two absolute monsters mm-hmm. with freestyling. Yeah. But that's like, for the
1: challenge that was the challenge challenge of champions. I didn't win that. <laughs>
3: No no sir. <laughs> no I, I mean, wasn't a challenge champ- of uh, but you I won, won my next
1: challenge, challenge and you won then the I challenge in- that got you there. Yeah, yeah, I won the challenge that got me there. But um by the time I did then I did my second one and my second challenge champion champions so was Iron interesting. Solomon.
0: I I I'm pretty sure Iron Solomon said he didn't do the challenge of champions. He just did the first like I might be wrong. Because I did talk to Iron Solomon No, he
1: did it He was in it was he, in he the, was in it with okay. me And I, remember you said and didn't I wore win a cape it. that time He remembers
0: Okay, fair enough I might be wrong I'm going to just trust you Because you were there and I, w- I, I wore
1: I a cape And I was like Yeah, I'm fucking uh, Super rabid. I'm coming to fucking You know what I'm saying Beat everybody up I had. I'm. Way, I was way too uh, gassed. I yeah, didn't prep at all I was like "Yo, I'm just going to come in there And do what I do You know what I'm saying <laughs> But it's like Nah, bro We got to prep <laughs> Challenge yeah. champions What's he doing? Yeah, wild style that. this shit. Oh yeah, my second cha- MC challenge was I got in because of a wild style.
2: Well, I just came a...
1: up and did it. I was there. Vice told me just go on stage and come do the wild style. We need more people to do it. so wild it style. Like where it's like you got five contestants and you need the sixth one. Uh, so you do like you get people from the audience um to come on stage and like spit a verse, and the audience picks who goes into the challenge. So it happens all that night. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I did the wild style, obviously won that shit. After I started getting good at performing, I got really good at crowd like it's a it's a thing, you know what I'm saying? It's like a like a sorcery that happens. Crowd control, MCing. Right. It's interesting. It's like like being able to like just you are mine. You know what I'm saying? Like when yes. I did that shit when I opened up for uh for Go- Ghostface and Chic Luch during during that time period. um, I did like three shows with them, right? Like Poughkeepsie, Long Island, whatever. And the first show, I was with Mozzie and me and Mozzie is on stage watching the show from the back. And something happens with their sound system that hasn't happened the whole tour or whatever. And they need some time to fill. So they're like, yo, we're gonna have people from the audience come rap. So I turned to Mozzie, I'm like, yo, is it still from the audience if I'm coming up from behind on stage? And Mozzie's like, yo, go. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I was like, I don't want to, like, you know, be that guy or whatever. But, uh, yeah, so I came up and from behind, ghost face. He looks at me like, what the fuck? Like, and I'm like, yo, trust me. I'm about to fucking murder this. And, uh... He calls up people from from the from the audience. It's a whole line of people. Now it's Ghostface and Capadonna on stage, right? And uh, I'm all the way at the end, and it's a whole line of people, right? So people is rapping garbage, trash, like one by one, and and they're not even letting them finish their fucking rhyme. As soon as they start, if that shit is bad, they don't let them finish four bars. They're like, like they're making those sound effects. Next, go on to the next one. And like finally, I'm like, I'm like, yo, cause they're getting tight. They're about to stop this. Cause they're like, yo, y'all are whack. And I'm like, ghost, please, bro. Like, I'm telling you. He gives me the mic. I fucking spit one of my verses that's like vicious. Like, and you know, once you perform for a while, you start learning that not all the verses that are great on wax are great live. You gotta be able to, you know what I'm saying? Like perform it. And a lot of times there's verses that maybe when you listen to it on wax, it's like super fire because you get to listen to the words, but what people like live, especially at that time, not, not so much as this time, but, uh, but all the time is flow. Your flow has to be crazy in the pocket. But at that time, if you want stage in for that kind of hip hop audience, What they want to hear is the Like
2: that's
1: like going hard. You know what I'm saying? Like that like and while spitting, you know, lyrical miracle without doing that. It's the lyrical miracle whip we call it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's frowned upon. But at that time it was like fire to do on stage. So I fucking did my shit. That's like, because I already knew they're not hearing all my words, but they was hearing my flow. They was hearing my pocket and they knew that I was killing it. A bitch gets on some dude's shoulders. Like, I got the crowd so much with an acapella that they're all bopping with me, and a bitch gets on a dude's shoulders and starts rocking with me. And I'm like, I got this. I give it back to Ghost. He's mad impressed. The next night, we're in Long Island. Ag, the coroner, is the only person on earth who can testify to this. I'm standing with Ag, we talking. I'm telling him, you know, what's been going on the show last night. This is in Long Island now. And Ghostface walks up. And he tells he's talking to me and Ag, and he tells Ag, "Yo, Shorty had their backs breaking last night." And I was like,
3: who's face about me. Killer co-sign from Ghost and Wow! Like my guy, my guy. That's that's not a that's not just you know dime a dozen. That Dude. doesn't just you know even even like everybody, everybody gets that."
0: I mean, nah. I mean, like when we say everyone gets that, I mean, everybody gets that one. We all have watched excessive amounts of Ghostface kill killer media in our lives. At least anybody watching this will have, regardless sure. of where they are in the world. That is so yeah. cool, Dama. Yeah,
1: so I turned to Ag and I was like, remember this. Yeah, we just got a dab.
0: Holy this. fuck. That's what's coming through the comments right now. Wow, with a champion fucking trophy thing. That is more sick. than cool. That is epic and caps back's breaking from that's Flacco. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yo, no for real. Like they yo, I'm telling you, you're that interesting.
1: Yo, that was fucking that was sick, man. That was sick. I was like, yo, you better remember this forever because nobody saw it, nobody videotaped this. Nobody Instagrammed it. There was no Instagram. <laughs> it was like yeah, Ghostface just said that to me And I held on to that And I've met him many times after that He never remembered me And I never even think I even brought that up Like, yo, remember you said I had their backs breaking From that show in Like, I never did that I would just be like, yo, what's up, Dom? That's like, yeah, so classy of you Yeah
0: you know. That's classy as fuck
1: <laughs> Cause you like But you know what? I'm your fuck Next time I see Ghostface I'm gonna be like, yo, remember fucking Mad years ago In Poughkeepsie? If you I really, if evaluate, you really like, want... you remember you said that about me?
0: So what I can do is tweet it out and be like, yo, Dama says this, that, that thing and then tweet about it and see if he responds. Because we did that with Memphis Bleak and Nunzio and, he, and Memphis Bleak retweeted and said, this is big facts. And I'm like, yeah, it's possible. Then you don't have to do it. I don't it. know.
1: I don't know. I don't know if you'll remember me. but not, I, 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 like, I feel like it's I've definitely like with with
3: Everybody who comes on the show on this one, like these are all people that I know for a fact are not like lying here. They're not nobody they're says like, they're lying. Like, yeah, I bet he yeah no, no, it. no, no, no. Not saying that they you know, but I'm just saying it's all facts. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's just a matter of whether or not they remember, you know? Right. But if we tag Ag open, the Coroner,
1: Ag the Coroner remembers.
3: I'll tag but I don't the know if Ghostface
1: remembers. Ghostface has done fucking a million shows. You know what I'm saying? Who's and I Ag met the them all- AG AG the Coroner
3: hmm No, I'm trying yeah. to
1: get you there. To... Oh, the legendary rapper, bro. Legendary rapper. Like, rapped with like, uh, I don't know, every fucking underground rapper that you could think of has done a song with Ad. Uh, He's fucking phenomenal. And that's the bro that's been the bro for mad years. Uh, we met at Dowry Poetry Club at a Zep show, or pa- Public Assembly, one of those like Williamsburg joints. And yeah, that's, that's the bro right there. But he's fucking nice as fuck, mad nice, mad dope, and a mad cool ass solid dude. But he's definitely done a song with every fucking favorite, favorite underground rapper, and even above underground rappers um, that you could possibly think of.
0: Well, he's definitely super easy to Google, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, makes it makes life simpler when people are easy. You should have Google. him
1: on your show because when I tell you that motherfucker got some stories, whoop, and he could give you the fucking coastline to this story right here. So yeah, absolutely. Flacco,
3: no,
0: that's, go go for it, exactly. Flaco. Do your thing.
3: It's exactly what I was planning. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I was saying, like, you know, tell people about who yeah. he is. Nah, you know?
1: this is legends for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's like, like, when I was watching Penn shit, I totally got the the sentiment of like, you know, this is regular, this is just life. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, it was like, there was mainstream rappers that I listened to, and there was underground rappers that I knew and listen to and you know what i'm saying whatever but i didn't like if unless i like knew your music before i met you it was uh very like oh we just cool we all in the same scene and it's like oh shit, look at you coming up and like homeboy sandman is one of them you know what i'm saying like people that i saw on the scene performing made friends with became cool with and see them coming up and like admiring their come up you know what i'm saying and like look at that you know but uh it's still like also like yeah i'm an underground rapper too and i also want to come for your your food everybody's food
0: i'm just gonna put it out there to me you're as cool as all these people
1: i mean thanks i I am
0: i don't know i see the difference yeah you are yeah i mean like i had this conversation with a lot of people and in the cool sphere you're one of the coolest I knew you were going to be I one mean, of the coolest, and you did it. It takes a it. while
1: to get. It, you know what I'm saying? It it takes uh, it takes certain kind of. You know what I'm saying? But it, it' cool. It what I learned, and I think what Craig has also taught me is like, there's nothing cooler than real. You know what I'm saying? Like real, regular shit. Facts. Like the real facts. The realness. The regularness. There's nothing cooler being than being real about
3: who you are is real whatever that is that whatever whatever that that is is. and that's the coolest thing you could be in this world
0: there's more to being yourself there's more to it naturally and not and not like you
3: know what i mean i mean you're right that's the coolest shit in the world
0: but part of it's added because some people are themselves and they're not cool like that i talk to a lot of people who are themselves and the level of cool changes i love everybody i talk to everybody's got a story. But your attitude is very solution oriented very positive very self-aware maybe this is subjective but the things i think are cooler than other things so i in a holden's cool yeah. factor points so you're like a cool person tier like i've decided there's a tier of people i think are super fucking cool and this is like a cool person tier of life you're definitely in that tier you know you're just your story is, you. is just so full of interesting life lessons, like, and you figured them out so young. And yo, listen, you also just dropped a fire, amazing re song with great visuals, a behind the scene marketing campaign. You also just survived the Texas situation. Like, yo, like Dama, you're, you're incredible. You're but the whole way through, you're sitting here with these smiles, this, this like energy of love, Yo, you've clearly gone through some shit enough to be sitting there having that level of love in your life. That's some serious (laughs) shit. And I'm telling you, not everybody chooses to be the way you... Yo, I had to even check my ego a little bit after talking to you. Once I be like, okay, Dama, Dama's got like some realness to it. You know, you have to think about it after because you're like, God... But it's the attitude that you choose to adopt mixed with everything else that makes you extra cool. So no nah, it's not everybody that does it's, it's more than just be yourself. It's be yourself with an attitude that is kinda like that.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Um I think it's also being knowledgeable like knowledgeable with experience is different than like knowledgeable from anything else. And it's like knowledgeable in what you know, just like and good at what you like, those are things that make somebody i guess cool to me is like being good and knowledgeable at what you do like so much so that it's like it's you know it it, it's a part of you and you're really good at it you Mm. know what i'm saying like that's that's cool to me you know what i'm saying so that's what i always like strive for is to just know more than i did before and get better at what i do and not be scared to get inspired too because
0: you you never like, like you know what i'm saying you i have, could be better too every day hey that's not something everybody who achieves things feels that's just truth about it i mean not everybody has that attitude to know that they can be better every day and learn every day and all that stuff it's not everybody i mean it might feel like maybe you happen to have the illest support circle and due to the ecosystem of bubble you're surrounded by a blessed number of you look how wise you are of course you are So maybe you just see love and great things because you just built this amazing situation i'm on my way there so trust i still see a lot of other things in the world and not everybody is living the same attitude and mentality applying the same level of discipline and wisdom yo you were like straight up tuesday and wednesday i'm working on a project with my friends this day i have this thing going on this day your time management project management Effective oh, control. Yeah. Yo, these are oh, real yeah. like you need these things to achieve greatness in your life and you're just executing them all. Yes. But you're also smiling. That's the hardest one.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's, you know, I can be very lazy by nature as well. So it's a very, you know, I got to really discipline myself. I got a lot of I got help because Craig is like that. And he believes in me and wants me to be great, too and every single day that motherfucker works on beats, no matter what. Or if he got a battle going on, he's working on that. Like no matter what, there's no, after like meeting him and seeing how he works, because I've been surrounded by a lot of like jaded, uh, older rappers for a long time too, that kind of gave up, like they're still good at what they do. They're some of the best rappers that I've known, but they don't do it every day. They don't rap every day. They don't record every day. They kind of like have this feeling of like, if I'm not gonna like make it, then what's the point of me doing it? Like I'm older, I got a family to feed, I got this, this, and that. And for me, it's like I need to just do it, the thing. Like I need to just make music. Like I love to make music. I don't care. I'm gonna be freestyling on the at seventy five. I'm never gonna like. No matter what happens in my career, there is no way that I'm gonna stop making music. I'm mad nice at it, and it's my literally my favorite thing to do. So facts, like, I facts. like unlock something, especially during for the past few years i've been recording a lot i put out a project last february you know what i'm saying like i've been recording but i wasn't doing it every day still quarantine hit and then a certain thing happened that you know that made me get go hard and then vice passed and then this zoom happened and i started going even harder like i was already about to go hard but i would but that shit threw me over the edge to the point where i, I it was like there is nothing else like i need to do this every day no matter what and like on days that i don't do it do something to accompany it you know what i'm saying like if it's not like a day where i have to like you know cook a dinner and clean the house or whatever the case is like the other thing that i need to be doing is something music related so you know doing it every day and the you know all of this the zoom helped me with that too it's like that's what there's no other thing but to be good when you're doing it like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, it's muscle memory. I could write a song in 10 minutes right now if I'm feeling the melody because of muscle memory, because I do it so much, like with confidence. Because before it would be like, maybe this isn't that great. But now that I do it every day, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know what the fuck I'm doing. I know what, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I probably missed the most this week is being able to record because I've been doing it a lot. But I read the book. Another thing that helped me with that, with the, everything, the discipline and the time management, is the book Relentless by Tim Grover, who was Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant's and Dwayne Wade's personal trainer. And I'm not even a sports fan. I don't even watch basketball. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I respect the grades and all of that, but I'm not a basketball watcher. And I fucking read that book, and that book is basically like, yo, you're either – uh, all the way winner or you're not doing shit like go hard or go home like you know what i'm saying and it kind of the way that it's written it really inspired me to like
0: yo, i appreciate that
1: every day
0: i'm gonna buy that book i not i'm gonna lie yo if somebody like you read that book i have to buy the book that's my philosophy on books i don't even think twice i don't have to go harder we're just gonna get the book <clears throat> no i'm just I, get the I'm, book I'm just into reading though, so I don't it's know that hard. everyone else is that into reading, but yo, I look at it like, yo, people I admire, read some shit and say it's impactful. Everybody should be taking that note down and buying that motherfucker and reading that book. That's my opinion. And you might go, oh, but why should I buy a book? Invest in yourself, motherfucker. It's cheap. It's actually, and it's a good value proposition. Yeah. If you're willing to spend $20, 30 to go to a movie for two and a half hours, then you should consider that spending twenty, thirty dollars to buy a book that's gonna last you eight to ten hours is probably a great value proposition for your time in a time era where yeah. maybe people have a lot of time and maybe you should read more fucking books. I'm just throwing it out there. You brought books, yo. That's the that's my favorite. Okay. Do you read a lot?
1: Oh, uh, not as much as I should, but um, you know. Here and there not as much as i used to but i read that recently and then i was reading a novel recently especially when the lights were out i really started getting into it <laughs> with the flashlight or sitting in the car I, I i like halfway finished the book in this last week but um you know i'm not big on like the self-help stuff so you know i like celestine prophecy that's another one that i read when i was younger that showed me a few things and I read that so it, it resonated with me when you said, like, yo, this person that I admire thinks that book is good. I'm getting that book. I heard Jay Z like Celestine prophecy. I was like, I'm getting that book. That's Whatever Jay Z's reading is what I need to be reading. Like, that's that's always the motto. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I I uh I got Celestine prophecy and I read that and that definitely, you know, opened my eyes to some shit. Mm. But knowing and doing it's like it's, it's two different things. You gotta be a doer. And I've always been a finisher. And I think that has to like astrology bitches tell me it's because I'm a cancer with a Capricorn moon. Um, I don't know, make it that what you will, but, uh, I've always been a finisher. Like people around me are like starters and mm. not finishers. Like I deal with a lot of fire signs, like Craig is the Aries, you know, and, uh, and, uh, they're like starters but not finishers so it's like the completion because i'm a I, finisher
3: all the way i can i can tell you i can tell you that as a as an aries like that's a stigma that we have um aries people in general is like that they don't finish you know what i mean mm-hmm. I which sure i can justify because i i've seen most people i mean i fight for it like that's mm-hmm. <clears throat> i make sure to finish it because of that because I know that. So I'm just like, nah. Nah. The book stops here. <laughs> right.
1: Right. I did this. Now y'all finish that.
0: No, that's super can interesting. Go with that.
1: Yeah. Horoscopes are dope. I like that shit.
0: I don't know. Every time I read some horoscope I like horoscope all that rising moon shit. I don't know if you've seen what Flacco's been posting with his birthday shit. Where he's posting his page of the day. And it's like... I don't know if you mm-hmm. read your page of the day, man. But that shit was like... It wasn't like, no, there's no way to generalize that specific. Like, it was way too much. Like, every paragraph was me to the letter. It was fucking weird, okay? I mean, I'm reading this November 3rd shit. I don't remember exactly what it said, but, yo, when I read it, I'm like, I can't argue with a word on this page. It is describing my personality. All the things that it's saying is true. I read the one from my girlfriend. I've been quoting this page at her now as an effective way to persuade her to do different things because it's so apt in the way that it described her and it gave me a leverage point to use in the arguments the book says you're going to be thrust into new positions but everyone around you needs to recognize one day you're going to want out and i'm like yo but the book says you're going to want out one day and i just got to let you so do it now and it worked I'm like, yo, Flacco's book is so... you got. If you haven't, read the one on your fucking day. It's nuts. And then read the one on your partner's my day. My
1: day's not for a while. Can you send me my day?
0: And then read the one on your partner's day, and that's where it's going to get really good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do our shit a lot. I do our numerology. I do our... Because uh, our signs aren't really supposed to be compatible. Cancer and Aries is, like, not really a sign that you ever hear about being compatible. And... Uh, we are but it basically says that as long as you choose each like you have to choose each other you have to choose, choose to be yeah. together I was gonna say, every day I, I got
3: a lot of cancer friends I got a lot of cancer friends but it's, yeah. I, I'm, a known, I'm a known orthodox Aries you know what I mean because mm-hmm. I do finish things because I'm, I go yeah. about things a certain way that most Aries don't tend to go about them and mm-hmm. it's only right. because I know all these things because I know people exactly. are expecting me to be an Aries <laughs> and i'm just like no i refuse i will not be like what you expect me to be so yeah but she's Mm -hmm. right all facts
0: yeah Yeah. this is amazing stuff man again people appreciate this yo people don't know that what makes these interviews work is like the high degree of regular shit that we talk about it's really what makes it fun because it doesn't matter who you are. You're gonna you're gonna care about your score. You can't live here and not have a horoscope oh. chat. You don't even have to believe in it, but you can't. L- I remember in, in elementary school for me they would give out like it was part of like French class, to help us learn French. We would learn about the horoscopes and shit, and they would try to like do goofy shit like this. So like literally, from the time I'm like s- like seven eight, I've already been told what a Scorpio is. <clears throat> And in a sense, it's probably helped program my personality. Like, I believe there's definitely this psychosomatic component to it based on the conditioning of society. Like, not for everyone, but for myself. I've been told since I'm a fucking child I'm supposed to be a stubborn asshole because I'm a Scorpio. Like, literally Mm -hmm. from the time I'm like six, seven, okay? And then I turned into a stubborn asshole. I'm like, I mean, yeah, maybe. Maybe it's because I'm born on November 3rd. And I'm not willing to, like, Mm. I'm open-minded to this shit. That page was way too specific, okay? It was way too specific. Yeah,
1: when it gets specific, that's when it's like, yeah, it's like, why, how, it's just a little help, you know what I'm saying? It's just a little help to kind of assess yourself, because like, I feel the same way, because I'm a Cancer, so my whole life, when it comes to horoscopes, people will be like, hmm, you're gonna cry. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you're a Cancer? Hmm. Cry. It's like, nah bitch like and but it's like yes i do fucking cry for sure but i'm a lot more like rational and logical than a lot of my friends who are not cancers and like the way they made it seem is that we're like super emotional so i like went kind of like against it like nah i'm not a typical but the older i get the more i'm like yeah i have a lot of cancer um cancer traits. And I like them. Like, I am very like motherly and intuitive and all those things like that. But it's like growing up, it just definitely felt like, like you're trying to play me like you're trying to play me with this cancer shit. But then I also found out about rhyme, uh rising and moon signs. So I'm a Capricorn moon, which is emotions and Capricorns are very like money thinking, logical, whatever. And I'm like, that makes sense. Because a lot of my emotions are tied into what I do. And uh, my rising sign is Leo, which is fire sign fiery and that's my ego so you know i started learning a little bit about this it's like it just it makes a lot of things make sense even more for me it kind of paints the complete picture because um not the complete picture obviously but like enough for me to be like oh okay you know and when i read it if i'm like going through a bad day or whatever and i could read it and be like oh maybe this is why because fucking fucking uranus is moving backwards over there and in, in the shape of this and it's you know causing causing my shit to be out of whack
0: i swear every year people have been like <clears throat> that mercury's in retrograde thing right and everybody's uh-huh. like if you're feeling emotional remember mercury's in retrograde so i've been feeling emotional and i went on the is mercury in retrograde it is it's in retrograde till tomorrow so i was like oh mm-hmm. Maybe I've been feeling like a whiny wanker because Mercury's in retrograde. Do I understand it? No, but it totally made me feel better, and that was dope. It was dope to be, even... you know Mercury in re- I don't even, I don't even know what it is. Mercury
1: retrograde like has to do with more with technology and the signing of paperwork, and um, like <sighs> they say that this is when technology acts up, which makes sense. Right now is Mercury retrograde, and I was very scared of like releasing my song around Mercury retrograde. I'm like what could happen right and then a blackout happened wow mercury's in retrograde and a blackout happened didn't even think about that but here we are but yeah so yeah technology acting up i backed up all my shit on a hard drive for my computer because i'm like mercury retrograde and a blackout (laughs) like let me back my shit up so yeah definitely it has to do with that they say don't sign contracts around that time things can go wrong things people go back on shit it's just like a bad time to like do those kind of things but i'm like yo listen if i fucking surround my time around whether or not mercury's in retrograde i'm never gonna put shit out i'll be like oh it's re- it'd be in retrograde for like two months what am i not supposed to do nothing for those two months i'm just gonna have to bite the bullet like whatever it is what it is man i just hope my computer
0: you know what i'm saying this is sense. why tama is incredible this is why you're as cool as i think you are right because you understand the shit that you're talking about right i'll be real i'm not gonna front like i know i just literally googled the mercury retrograde thing like two days ago because i was like is it mm-hmm. a thing i don't know maybe there's truth to this shit i'm more open-minded than i was about it i don't, i'm gonna actually google all this secondary sign stuff because i don't know fuck all and i'm like wait i know i'm a scorpio but what are all that other shit you're talking about I don't know, maybe maybe it's nothing, maybe it's something, I can't tell you, but I can tell you it's probably really interesting, and that sounds fucking dope, and you make it sound mm-hmm. fucking interesting, Um, you're just like spitting this shit, <clears throat> and you're not preachy about it, which is extra dope, because some people's kind of like weird about <laughs> it, you're just like, nah, this shit helped me, I'm like, whoa, I like things that help me, and that was a cool, attractive you know? thing, like, you're like, it helped me, I liked it, it's cool, I don't care that much about it, but it's useful. I'm like those are that's a yeah, good it's framing like a tool. Mm. It's a tool. that's a powerful way to frame it You real smart you're like you real yeah. real smart
2: thank
0: you nice um i got. I know we got sidetracked from your shit so you basically been banging out a bunch of stuff in covid you survived uh the texas thing lately what are your plans for i know you're single that you just dropped you went through and made this really interesting music video um, as I understand it for your song, you are basically. So, what I thought was cool is you don't want to, with like this little whiny inflection almost, like you don't want to have to go do this time or whatever, but you'll do it if you have <laughs> to. And I loved, like, yeah. just because, like, that little attitude that you put into that lyric and shit, like, it just felt so human. It felt so, like, yo, there are some little nuances you dropped in this track that are special that I don't know if everyone's going to catch. And like the, the way you used auto tune is fucking fascinating, actually. I don't know if it was auto tune, but to me it sounds like auto tune because I'm ignorant yes. to real mixing techniques. Mm-hmm. But like you used like this little like high pitched point in one of your like midline melodies, and I was like, yo, that actually sounds super nice. And then the way you fuck it up at the end of the track, it's just fucking real nice. And it's like you create this ethereal experience on this tune where it really feels like pixies and fairies. Which maybe I'm thinking about because your music video but like, well, then your branding is proper and shit. Like, yo, this shit, shit was on point. Everything about this Dhamma is on point. Also, I don't know if you want to talk about your name rebranding, because I was there when you said that shit on the end of the week Zoom call, and it sounded like some profound shit you should put in the interview.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So, I started writing songs in the last five years that fit under the motif of this gangsta bitch love songs. But I didn't know that that's what it was five years ago or four years ago, whatever, in these last five years. In this year, in tw- I mean, in 2020, um, that's what it like became. And it's because of that song. Um, yeah, that song, I wrote it the week after, like within the week of Vice passing, while we was in the Zoom every day, like, 24 hours a day, like, we was, we didn't know if we could leave the Zoom and it'll end. We needed to keep it going. Like, we couldn't let go. So we had night shift and day shift. And I was a part of night shift. Ox and Angel was all part of night shift. And um, Craig had this beat. Craig made this beat. And he sent it to his boy. He made it for his boy. All right? Shout out to Omeni who... Uh, but he made it for him. And I was like, in my head, I was like, yo, that's my beat. Like, he's not gonna use that beat. Nobody's gonna use that beat. Like I willed it, because that beat is fire. And it's like, he probably ain't even, I don't know if he heard it or not, and just didn't want it, whatever. That beat was for me. So I, I put a deadline on it, which I never did, and actually like fulfilled it. Cause I was like, yo, if he don't send you back, like some kind of like listen to the track, using the track, shit in like a week or two weeks whatever it was i'm using it and the, the time came at that time and like that day or whatever i was like yo i'm gonna write to it i just i had that hook in my head um i don't want to get locked up for your love and I, and i never like said that on the track like i have this song that i wrote five years ago called i think about him when i trap and i wanted to write more songs like that that are like soft and ladylike but saying some gangster shit. and when i and like for Your Love like was the perfect thing. Like when I wrote it, it was just, it was just perfection. And I wrote, and I was on the Zoom while writing it. And when I started recording it, I uh, I pressed record and the Zoom was still on speaker. So when you listen to For Your Love, you can actually hear the Zoom in the very beginning. Uh, and in one of the parts of the verse, like I kept it exactly where it was where I accidentally recorded it because it's this ingraining of like something so natural and so um, like an Easter egg, and it sounds cool. It adds a texture. It just like and my engineer when he first started mixing my shit uh, took it out obviously he thought it was just background noise you know what I'm saying and I was like no you gotta leave that in there you gotta bring that back uh, because it's the zoom and you hear a Pro saying I love y'all on it. Um, and it's like, it, 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 like, it means so much to me that there's so much meaning and shit ingrained in it. So, uh, that auto tune, I did myself, we got waves tune plugins, um, right before that time. So I, when I recorded it, I put it through the auto tune myself and did all like everything. And then that last part, I added like a ring shift um to make it kind of do that back and forth whatever like i put a bunch of effects on it and it and it it has this like like how you said ethereal like that's the word i used to describe it like on the video and when i described the song for sync licensing and everything like that um so yeah i i did all of that to my vocals and i actually attempted mixing it myself but then i ended up just sending all all the tracks to ame because he's fucking fire and that would have taken me a long time to get I would have never gotten to it with that sound. Like, goddamn, that shit was crazy, what he did to it. So that mix sounds crisp. And I was going to do a video for it that was more talking about the locked up, like the visual being more related to the locked up part. But then uh, one of our homeboys was here, and he was listening to the song, and he was like, nah, you got to do something like, you know what I'm saying, like mythical, whatever. Like uh, the words he was using, I don't really remember, but it was something along the lines of like, this is like wavy. You know what I'm saying? Like the video gotta be wavy to match the waviness. And I was like, words. So I, so it made me think of fairies. So it's like when you say, I thought think of fairies, maybe because the video, maybe not, because it really did make me think of fairies. And I never think of fairies. Like y'all, y'all see my videos a long time, ain't really no fairies in none of them. But it made me think of fairies, and I'm like, yo, what if we? Bypass the whole being in jail and we escaping from jail so we could be in the woods running through a mythical forest and we have fairies guiding us as like our higher selves basically our fairy selves our witch selves whatever guiding us through this escape mission while craig my man who i got locked up for his love he's a fucking cop in the video going through with a flashlight looking for us because we escaped you know, me and my two homegirls, fellow convicts. And I fellow was definitely fairies.
3: like, I was definitely like, yo, this sheriff got to relax. He's got to fall back, fam. Like, you're over here trying to capture yo. me. Like, yo, what are you doing? Get out He
1: pulls here. out the, the, the phone and you see that we was together. Like, you see the picture of us. Like, he pulls out the phone and you see that we're in a relate. Like, this is a double... Meaning of locked up for your love Because we're also in a relationship And, <clears throat> and like We were together but Maybe he ain't know he was a cop You know what I'm saying Like whatever But Point being You know The fairies help us escape Guide us Oh shout out to Lady Earth And Solaris I'm working on a project With Lady Earth She's a dope phenomenal artist And Solaris is a tarot card reader Like just super Spiritual woman Who you know Guides people and shit She's dope So look them both up uh, but yeah, so they ran through the forest with me. I was like, "Yo, I'm doing some fairy witch shit. I gotta have the fairy and the witch, and that's them all the way." So they pulled up, and um, yeah, we made we made that video, and like the, it was shot by Jazz Carter, who's a local um, dope videographer out here. So he made it. You know what I'm saying? He did he did exactly what I was picturing, and it just has that that look and feel and everything like that. I'm very, very, very proud of it. So uh yeah, I'm excited about this.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. Honestly I didn't even catch the part at the end of the video because look i'm not like the most active music video watcher so i'm glad you said that bit at the end with the phone because now i'm going to go back and watch the the end of it usually the last like bit of a song i'm like eh, click it's
1: off not even it. at the end it's in like the middle
0: oh yeah i totally when missed he it because this is just yep. me being a bad music video watcher i have like a shit ton of youtube evidence of being bad at music videos so I'm not even finding like, I pay that much. I try. Like, I watch the general sound but then I'm like, and I just can't, like, focus on yeah. it very well. But in general, I still loved it. <clears throat> I watched it, like, two or three times, and I missed it each time, so it's terrible on me. But I definitely <laughs> like the song a lot, though. That song is like, yo, it's a really good one. Dama,
3: Dama is really I love just that song, amazing too. and talented at, like uh making like movies in her music videos like all her music videos are like these like amazing just pieces of art you know what i mean so like
0: like i did this
3: even... is like in vain in the same vein of the videos that she had before when she did kind of like uh Thelma louise thing and even when she did like a kind of um the uh what would you call that? Uh, Alice in Wonderland type, with the with the with the queen with the queen. Yeah, the, All,
1: um, Hail
3: yep. All Hail Dama. Yeah. All Hell Dama. Yeah, like that. That had like a a, a little bit of like Matt Hatter feel and just things that is just like you add things to videos and you go harder again. It's that you care, you try. You know what I mean? Like that's something that people yeah. should take away from this and this interview is like care about what you do and put like care and time and consideration into it. And it'll come out a million times better than like taking the shortcuts.
0: But it's also like, yo, not everyone puts that level of effort into the branding. And that was the thing that really stuck out the most to me because i'm a marketing guy i can't help it i go there
1: oh i forgot to even mention that part i straight up talked about for your love but you asked me about um the dama the brand the rebranding
0: yeah because that. But just before we get to that yo it's like you see the music video you see the cover art you see the little circles on the social medias you see it all in cohesiveness and it doubles and triples down on the value of reinstilling this desire to listen to this song. You do a lot of the little subtle things right with your visuals to create a cohesive, but it's also cool. Like, why is Dama looking like this fairy lady? That's that's interesting. It's mm-hmm. not regular, you know? And that, that that's like excellent dumb, yeah. yeah. We should definitely talk about the name change, but all that context you put in is gonna make it sound extra special when you go to this next part. <clears throat>
1: Yo, it's it's crazy because I've been wanting to drop the nils from Dama Nils for a long time. Like I don't even like saying it. You know what I'm saying? Like I was just over it. So I wanted to uh I wanted to drop the nils. And then when Vice passed, like I was spelling my name with the D V, you know, everybody was doing the V's in their name in honor of him in here. And I like just wanted to just change my I feel I figured with these new releases of like Gangsta Bitch Love and everything like that. I I figured it was time for a rebranding, a change of the name, you know, just freshen everything up a little bit. And I put the V in it to honor vice versa. Um, you know, and honor this time and this this experience that we've been uh, you know, Vs up for V Z. Uh this experience that we've been having, so now it's D V M A. And um you know, I wanted to do both at first, but then it looked too so much like uh Craig was like, Yo, it looks like DMV though. And I was like, Yeah, you're right, it does look like DMV. So I'm just gonna change one to a V and one to a A. But um and then this past uh this past uh ooh, what is it like four months or something like that maybe? Um I I signed a joint venture deal. Well we signed a joint venture deal with Haymaker Cannabis. So we're now part of Haymaker Cannabis and Haymaker Music. And it's basically like a, <clears throat> a, co- a company deal instead of like an artist deal. Um, so it's been fucking dope. And with their help, we were able to execute this rebranding in a way higher way than I originally anticipated doing and like really up the scale and helped us out a lot. So, you know, it's been, it's been really dope seeing what I could look like and like feel like energy wise because you already had the video shot and everything like that the the song recorded like i was ready with that but it's like those visuals those those photos uh shout out to christopher michael in, in dallas and bug-eye betty over here she was the creative director for that shoot for the photograph that we used and um yeah so it was like a whole Thing oh, you know, things good animators, good Photoshop users. So you're like, saying it takes... a lot
0: of this came though because you already had a great presentation in place and it was attractive enough to elevate. Is that what I'm understanding?
1: Oh, I mean, I didn't have those pictures, uh, in place. Oh, but you said I you shot the
0: video, did... you had the song,
1: the video, yeah, the song, yeah. But I mean, it's like the like, no, because uh, luck is preparation meets opportunity, right? right? that's
0: what that's where I was going so... with this, right? Because I mean, it's like you got this elevation which happened which you we're giving the shout out to but i think everybody also needs to hear um the part that you were ready for that opportunity to come through with it yo one of the, the people watching has to dip out and just wants to know what's a female artist that inspired you
1: missy elliott
0: cool
1: all the way rapper producer Um, I'm all about that. I'm a producer, too, and, you know, DJ and all of that. Multi doing, like, Missy Elliott gets left out of a lot of conversations or did before this time period uh, as a female artist because she's not considered, like, a female artist. She's just considered, like, Missy, Missy, Timbaland, Aaliyah, like, Virginia-style sound international artist. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's why I love Missy
0: she's great She is great she's really well done um yeah it's not i I don't usually ask a lot of questions like that but i mean lindell is there and he's been around for years watching and supporting so that's what's up that's why we gotta ask the questions oh ismail jumped in he's another big supporter for a long time um he wants to know do you plan to do a beat tape
1: as a producer no that's not something i plan to do I uh I got a lot of dope producers around me and I definitely did the beat challenge and won when I did it. Um and but I not really like into making beat.
0: Do you want to talk about the beat challenge?
1: Yes, for Cause, sure.
0: Cuz if you give us like a 5 minute little video promoting that, we can turn that into a clip that gets makes it easier for me to send to people when I explain it cuz I'm bad at explaining the beat challenge and making it sound cool. So if you can make it sound yeah. cool, that would be blessed. <clears throat>
1: right hold on. let me set my light up (laughs) um eob challenge uh every thursday at 7 p.m right now we're taking a break we finished uh season one but it's a weekly beat producer challenge uh which sends out three samples a song a movie clip and a weird sound and the producers have to use all three in their beat and then they compete uh and judges which is half the show kind of give them honest feedback and judge them based on creativity uh presentation song ability which is like can we make a song to this and bop which is like the unknown it factor so it's really in-depth feedback to the producers um and then we get and then two of them go head to head off um off camera for half an hour while we discuss and play the b-sides other beats people made whatever uh, they go for half an hour and we give them a BPM change. Like, they're basically doing round two uh, where they have to reflip the same sample and then we get a winner. So we do that a bunch of times until we come to the semifinals and finals. Uh, but right now we're taking a break before season two, so we're doing weekly scrimmages. So uh, souls, at soul for souls at, on Instagram is basically uh, running the EOB scrimmage, sending out the samples, hosting the show. So reach out to him or reach out to EO beats challenge, Instagram, if you want to get involved, if you're a producer, if you know any producers, you know what I'm saying? Pull up, show us what you got, because this is real feedback. Like this is this, I see a lot of beat competitions online. And the reason I'm so passionate about, I don't want to put them in quotes and like disrespect them. But the reason I'm so passionate about the EO beats challenge is that everybody in the moment that you're playing your beat is listening to your beat with their whole heart and soul and there's mad producers in there that are that will be that val- like we all like share drum kits and uh, and advice and programs and whatever you know what i'm saying like, it's just a valuable producer community so you know it's uh it's definitely dope to get involved
0: so just to summarize that you're gonna get three kinds of samples that you're gonna have to flip into mm-hmm. a beat and make it dope and i've, I've seen that this can go in a lot of directions with the same samples which makes it like extra super crispy and fun to watch if you're not a beat maker nobody
1: ever makes the same beat
0: and keep in mind if you can't as a consumer or watcher watch the live this shit's all on youtube after the fact so you can still bump it if you can't be there in the live like myself because i'm unfortunately not able to be there um But then you like jump into the part where you have a bunch of expert people that are sharing knowledge on how to improve your craft. And, um, are you able to list some of the people that are involved in this to kind of hype it up and give an example of who's involved?
1: For sure. I mean, Flaco Bayo is a frequent judge. Uh, the main people that, that make it happen is, uh, souls Nunzio and myself. Uh, Nunzio is also a frequent judge in the show and he used to uh work for Bad Boy. Like he was in Daddy's house. He worked on Life After Death. Uh his ear is like like high value. Like that's a high value fucking ear, you know what I'm saying? Um so he definitely is in there he gives in- Who's the founding member.
3: I'm sorry. Sorry. No, go ahead, go he ahead. gives he gives he gives invaluable like like the Type of advice that I've literally seen producers like um, get like uh, judged, and then the very next week, like he'll like recommend things to them. Like, yo, uh, I saw what you did. Like, he sees things, he hears things that producers do that they want people to hear and know. But most of us don't know any of this stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. how would we even be able to, you know, like even me as an artist, like I'm, I don't know most of the things that producers are talking about but nunzio knows as an engineer and so he when he gives like judgment it's like from actually knowledgeable standpoint and he's always really fair and then he gives advice to them and like he gives them recommendations on things to do and every time somebody has takes really specific advice and every time somebody takes his advice and they come back the next week with the additional like advice tool, they're immediately like, "Yo, thank you so much. You you like super help." And they've me already out, so.
1: improved as a producer. Yeah, and it's like when you think about it, when people give advice in in these kind of programs and any other way, a lot of the time it's very vague. Like, "Yo, it could use more energy."
0: Oh my like, gosh, I relate that to thing, this heavy.
1: <clears throat> you know, like I can't stand that. I don't think that's real in any sense of the word. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, like. You know, me and Baxter host a show every Monday called I it So Boom. And we do a segment on it called Destructive Criticism, where we give feedback. And our shit is fucking specific. And a lot of times we hate what we see because we get it on these Facebook groups where it's like somebody that you're looking at them and you're like, bro, like, you should not be making rap songs like or in videos. Like, this is, this is, like, that really exists. And we're not scared to say it. So we, we talk about it and give that feedback. And that, even that feedback helps me just as an artist to not make, the Kind of songs that yeah. uh that I don't, don't want to have then? that feedback on, but it needs to be specific. You know, but do you what hear you what she like just said?
2: Like,
0: in the yeah. process of scrutinizing and looking at other art, even art that is bad, you're able to extract tips on how to not make those mistakes. Which is, you know, how many mm-hmm. people don't listen to trash shit to figure out why it's trash? Yep. Your and like think big. about the
1: the things that like you don't wanna um the feelings that you never want to evoke from people you know and I know that I've not thought about that in all the videos that I make so sometimes I'll watch an old video of mine and I'll be like you know what I'm saying if I was watching this like outside of myself it doesn't evoke all positive feelings for me you know what I'm saying it doesn't have to but you know I take notes and I'll be like mm, nah. You're not doing that like next time let me be a little bit more like this you know and it takes time and like really looking at just trying to look at yourself from a different perspective to like get to that point but yeah like feedback in the beat challenge is like Nuzzi always talks about how much hats you need to use what kind of hats you need to use what kind of EQ you could have did you know what I'm saying the conversations that we have in there are very technical and and sound related very just specific
3: so and it's a competition but it's uh it's more of a community that oh, like is very 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 encouraging very encouraging like uh uh even mm-hmm. myself who like i'm really critical but like i just find myself like listening to stuff there with more of an open ear and just like uh not so critical like everything always feels really dope i mean maybe it's that we've been blessed and all the producers really are bringing their best foot forward and their A-game. And, like, that's why it's been so pleasurable the entire time to judge because, like, nobody brings anything bad to the table. Mm. Everybody comes with some really good, like, work. So it's a, it's definitely, like, a, a, a community that, like, <clears throat> producers should, like, uh, endeavor to delve into and try to get acclimated with because these people are really, mm-hmm. like helping out other producers yeah, and it's a it's a dope community
0: and why, why i appreciate this and is because honestly i'm gonna meet a lot of producers in the next while of my life in light of certain things i'm doing already i'm up to 17 people that i could message right now and i tried to explain the challenge to them and i just don't know how to make it sound compelling right like i just it's like i don't speak producer i don't i don't have the right language i can be like yo it's a thing it's dope. They're cool, and I I can't do it justice. Not gonna be like, yo, check this link, and they're gonna be able to see your passion, hear all y'all, y'all mm-hmm. talking about it, and that'll be winning. And they, they win
1: affective. prizes too, and you know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah, know, if it's about compelling them, they definitely win prizes. And w- when we come back with C- uh, season two, is gonna be a little bit more. We're trying to make it tighter than last season. Last season was dope as fuck, but we're trying to just evolve the show a little bit. So we'll be back with uh, season two pretty soon. We were supposed to be planning that already, but this winter storm shit kind of fucked me up.
3: Yes. Last last season, you guys gave away some pretty valuable equipment, like yeah, real, we real gave real away
1: a machine, a machine micro. Uh, thanks to Souls, we gave away a two hundred dollar gift card. We gave away Liddy Bros package.
0: And... Um,
1: even though even though just one and he's part of the Liddy Bros, so it's like here's your here's your package, my G. Nah,
0: yeah, it. he gave
3: the, the runner up got it. Runner up got oh, it. Oh
1: yeah, R- Ruler Y? Yep.
3: Okay.
0: Those Liddy um, Bros packages are real fucking liddy, bro. Facts.
1: Facts. That's good merch.
0: Yeah, I know, that's an impressive endeavor. Don't worry, uh, we have an unboxing of a litty bros pack coming soon to entice you for what that looks like for those that don't know what it is but uh, I, yeah i got one of these i got one over here so <clears throat> definitely have that yeah um Dama, i appreciate you so much you know I, you're so incredible so you have an album coming, thank you bro right?
1: yes sir yes
0: when is your album coming because we, we, we hyped up so much shit for your single right but I remember you saying it's an album coming. So we now got to segue that into getting people hyped up to there's that much more Dhamma dropping.
1: Yes, I have an album coming called Gangsta Bitch Love Songs. Uh, it's dropping before the summer, so probably like May, June. Um, I'm going to be dropping another single before I drop that um, with a video. Whew, I'm very excited. Uh, Craig produced... The majority of it. So got a track on there too, and there's a track that like I, I wrote on the guitar that like Craig and uh, my homie Andrew from out here came out and played instruments on it, and uh, it's like a whole band production. So I'm very excited about it. It's dropping before the summertime. Um, James the bitch love songs, baby, volume one. Let's get it. Ooh, that's super Great.
0: dope. <clears throat> um. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure if there's anything else that you want to touch on at this time. I mean, it's, it's about nine o'clock. I don't know how much later you want to run this. I mean, usually people want to. I'm on, I'm chilling,
1: man. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. We could we could wrap it. I mean, basically everything uh, I mean, that I'm doing right
0: now. It's up to you. I just don't know what your end point is. So that's why I was also like, is it like she gonna drop the I gotta go in ten minutes type thing or I don't know.
1: I'm chilling, man. Ain't nowhere to go. We in a we in a blizzard.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, in the dope. blizzard's
1: over, but you
0: know what I'm saying. Awesome. Scary so out I'm there. Not We're trying lie. to live in
1: this electricity.
0: I do need to pee, real bad. So I'm gonna go do that yeah. real quick. But I don't have. This is like right a I... part
1: of your show. You need a like you need a, like a, a segment. That's where That's like in. pee break. That's...
0: and that's when Flacco starts talking. I'm always it. Always here. Um, I Always
3: I always yeah. back it up. I always but, back uh... it up when he got to take the bathroom <laughs> break.
0: Yeah, I wasn't trying to rush you off. I was really just trying to see if you had to go anywhere. <clears throat> but I'm I
3: chilling, I'm chilling, man. Dope,
0: but I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Dama.
3: Yeah, we in the building, man. We in the building. Big facts. So, um, with the album coming, like, uh, it's going to be under this name change. Did you uh, want to, like, reveal any, like, cool things that people could expect that they probably wouldn't be expecting?
1: Well, it's basically a story. It's a gangster bitch love story, you know, in an era where women are basically told that they shouldn't give a fuck and, you know, sit on his face, take his money and keep it pushing and don't catch feelings. You know, it's kind of the world we live in right now. So, For me, it's like, I do care, I do give a fuck, and I will dead punch a bitch right in her fucking jawline if she ever violates, Uh, and you as well. And I like, I don't want to get arrested for it, but I will if I got to, take that how you will. So basically when I started breathing in that, all these kind of stories started coming out. So I have a song called Sexually Transmitted Demons that shit is mm-hmm. crazy. I'm probably rapping the most on that song than anything else. And I'm talking about how, uh, you know, when you like doing yourself dirty basically and like letting anybody in get sexual energy, like you get sexually transmitted demons and then you don't know why you're depressed, but here you are. But the way the song is, it ain't it ain't no preachy shit. It's a fucking it's a it's a song, you know. So I you know
3: yeah. whatever. I don't wanna no. say
1: no fucking giving you giving you the pill in uh in a whatever, but that sounds, that sounds amazing.
3: Um, I mean, I see Sammy reacting yeah, over there. It's like the a whole arc. It sounds like she yeah. looks That's like she's like, though. she's That's like, this my life. What? What are we talking about? Absolutely, we've experienced that. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a whole, uh, it's a whole character arc. You know, it starts mm-hmm. with the crush and, uh, you know, getting to know, falling in love, being in a relationship, Having shit happen, questioning the relationship, becoming a cold-hearted bitch where you don't give a fuck, becoming a bitch that maybe like is going crazy on some psycho shit, like all the gangster bitch in love stages. Even when you're lying, whether you're being honest or lying to yourself, it's like all the phases of it. So it's, uh, it's a it's like a continuous kind of story, and I feel like it's really gonna resonate with all the gangster bitches out there, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Sammy C. In the it's it's really dope that it's the real shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's sure. the real things that happen. So, you know, you're holding it down. Facts. Facts. Definitely. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about everybody hearing the songs I've been recording nonstop. Like, I'm ready to get back to it
0: i have a question that we completely skipped you're in austin now right yes and you were in like new york the entire story but you're in austin Mm -hmm. now i feel like we somehow skipped over an entire part where you jump from like new york to austin
1: right (laughs) i feel like i feel like there's just so much man, like the the behind the music or the each True Hollywood story is going to have to, we're going to have to leave some things out. But there's a lot, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot, I, it's uh, a lot of I shit. Can, end get up in the cutting room. But yeah, um, Austin, I moved here in 2017. Uh, I was in New York. I was in Brighton Beach and I was living in Washington Heights and I didn't have a good situation. And then I ended up basically uh, staying at my homegirl's house for a hot minute and I definitely like wanted to have my own place and New York was just like bad for me at that time and I needed to leave New York and all like God and all his angels conspired to get me to Austin by any means necessary like I had uh, like a job lined up like a gig for South by Southwest I was just going to come out here and work and make some money and go back because it was like winter storms in New York you know it was like March so uh, blizzards every day, all the northeasterns. Um, and it was a blizzard the day I left. It was about to cancel all the flights. I caught one of the last flights out because uh, my friend, D, my my homeboy's mom, really, she was like, I was going to stay with her. And I was like, yo, I don't think I'm going to make it. Like this blizzard, things getting canceled, da-da-da. I didn't have a flight. I had a ride. I was going to drive out there. But homeboy completely flaked. Then I was trying to get a bus. Dub Like I was trying to get out there by any means necessary, but she bought me a ticket and I came down here and then I ended up just staying because I've been out here for a a few years for South by Southwest and I always loved it. Uh, And I was like, I want to move there one day, you know, nice to weather. It's warm. um, You know, people seem cool. You know, it was was cool. So I ended up just staying and it was so easy to make money. And I just kept on hustling, 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 got a job working at a bar and that's where I met Craig. and i found out that he makes beats and we became friends and you know then we got into a relationship of so many so many things a musical partnership a business partnership and a romantic one like all kind of you know happened very organically naturally one by one you know we could just dj together um whatever and, and i've been living here ever since we, we made a group by coastal put out songs videos and now he's the main producer of everything I do. So That's beautiful. It's very uh
2: Yeah. It's
0: <clears throat> awesome. No, I'm a romantic. I love all that shit. So it's like a movie. You're basically me it's, too. Like, it's like a chick flick. I don't know if that's a bad term, but it's what it reminds me of. But like totally. but like a good one. No,
1: not even a chick flick. More
0: like a drama, like, a romantic like a, drama.
1: It's like a country song. You know what I'm saying? Like I was working in a bar in a shitty part of town. He was he was the boy next door working in the bar next door, you know, come outside, smoke a cigarette or something or whatever, like, see each other from down the way type shit. It was definitely, it was definitely a movie, especially in Texas because it's beautiful. Ooh, let me switch to this.
0: No worries.
3: I can tell you as a, as, a, as a friend, as your brother, like, uh, definitely love that uh, you found your happiness with Craig. You know what I mean? Like, super, super happy for you. Because that shit is for sure. a, a really fulfilling feeling to have in your life. And it gives you that much more to work with in every other aspect of life you know
0: that like mm. happy home i just think it's cool to definitely to like to me that's super important like i don't know when i pitched my girlfriend getting involved in my shit i was like hmm, i have a prediction if we're if you're involved in my shit you're not gonna hate being involved in my shit when down the line this is my entire consumption in life and now we're at the point where i live and die this shit mm-hmm. this is all i talk about this is like it and she knows it she she can keep up with the conversation. She can watch these interviews and follow the rapper names and the stories and it's all context and she understands that shit.
1: Oh, that's so dope.
0: Yeah. She actually started rapping yeah. on this freestyle thing we started. We started a cipher and we got her to write some sixteens, so she wrote a twenty. And it's like she started busting little Oh, rhymes. shit. She started dropping, like, <clears throat> real, like, rap. Like, she dropped ice cube bars and then dropped something about, like, no lube and entering you. And we we're like, yo, this is, this is like she's going to stab me. Offensive. Oh, shit. Like, she's hard. That's she what's hard. up. So I'm telling you that if you drop this tone, I'm like, yo, my girlfriend would eat your fucking album up. Like, you'd be like a robot. You could probably help me convince her to rap. <laughs>
1: Yo, I hope so, man. I hope so, because it's great. Um, Yeah. Hell yeah, that's dope. That's dope. To, like. I feel like I'm not the type of person to be like, to encourage couples to do things like that, because it's like to each their own. But if you are that type of person that is all consumed, it's good to have, to be all consumed in the same thing together. You know, so we work together. We work together doing a lot of things. We work together like uh making donuts in a food truck we worked together like outside of walmart handing out hot dogs like we've done mad gigs yo, together and then we started couple. doing like more dj gigs
0: yo, that's yeah that's
1: that. yeah we was yeah we were just making our little bank and shit and then we started djing together and then we opened up a whole company together because we're like yo we're making money djing like let's you know let's really do this so now we have a company together
0: that's blessed
1: obviously all that djing shit went out the window during covid but We we did that shit for a hot minute. We did virtual reality. We used to travel the whole country doing virtual reality. Like it's like, it's fun. It's awesome. I can't even imagine
0: any other way. You just said my, we did like
1: parties. Like it was a virtual reality rental spot thing company that, uh, it's called virtual reality rentals. So we used to fly these flights around the country and do parties and corporate events with VR set up a little, uh, system, you know, put it on people's heads. Got to go to New York, Mad Times in 2019, early 2020. Because of that, I was there like all the time. We were both there, whenever, whenever like Yo, that's the mood really struck. Fucking cool. We had points.
0: I didn't know that VR was being. Yeah. People were like, so like, was it fun VR or was it boring corporate VR?
1: No, it was mad fun. It's games, but it's like for <coughs> us, it's like we're just kind of setting people up with it and showing them how to use it. You know, they're for them, it's like they're doing it at a party. So yeah, it's it's fun. It's like yeah, whatever like, little the... games and
0: shit. But the bigger implication is that corporations are willing to put up money to make that a spectacle as a high-end thing to be cool about, which shows where VR is entering into in the market mm-hmm. sphere of things, right? Like, because I've been trying Absolutely. to, like, I'm watching the VR trend. It's not where I want it to be because I'm a super geek about this shit. I'm watching Outspace space VR. If I could convince people, we'd all be busting raps in virtual reality right now. But, like,
2: Woo.
0: it's been a hard sell. For sure the hardest sell of my life i'm not gonna lie but uh it's also because there's no audience the audience is all kids so i'm like shit. i don't even know if i want to go rap to eight-year-olds that's kind of weird just because i'm not really the kind of guy that should be rapping for eight-year-olds so i'm kind of mm-hmm. waiting for grown-ups to get up on their shit, personally that's really what i'm waiting for and once there's an adult audience up in that room oh my gosh it'll be so fucking lit to me and the fact is is like if corporations are trying to make it lit oh, man, like, that's interesting in a way I wasn't expecting you to say because I don't know a lot about that side of life. I'm not really – my company is getting inflatable rides. We're not getting um, VR shit.
1: Yeah, VR shit is – that shit was definitely a nice bag for sure. That was a cool time.
0: That's fresh though. That's
1: cool. I like playing that shit. And they have the little – the game where you walk off the plank. Um and it's like virtual reality plank and you feel it like there's an actual plank in real life. So when you step off of it, even though you're on the ground, like you feel it. And some people bust their ass and fell. Virtual reality is crazy. I definitely think it should be ahead of where it is, but I'm also scared of it being much more ahead. So I'm comfortable of it being where it so is. The one
0: thing I can say in defense of VR is I got to work on my ab muscles, not my ab, my pec muscles with virtual reality boxing games. So I have the VR headset and I live in an apartment and COVID kicked in and I lost weight because I was able to literally punch air. And I'm not going to lie to you. It's fun. It's like fucking DDR or Guitar Hero, but boxing Mm -hmm. shit. But yo, you're busting sweats and shit by the end of it and i realized when i got my vr headset i was not in shape enough to play vr video games to be real with you and i needed to work on my upper Mm -hmm. body strength so if i were to be able to because i want to play skyrim and shit in vr like that's dreams okay like when the new elder scrolls comes out in virtual reality i want to play that shit and fucking swing swords around but show that means you need upper body strength right and so like I got really incentivized mm-hmm. by VR to get into better physical health so I could participate in VR. Because you can't even participate in that shit if you're out of shape. So it's got this weird health implication. Yeah. I've been telling all the dudes I know that are kind of lazy, like, yo, bro, like, trust, tell your wife, man, this shit will get you in better shape, my guy. And trust, you're going to do this. You're not going to the gym. We never did. But you make it a video game. Watch how we start moving.
1: You ever seen the Omnisphere? Where I it's have like not. the. Um, we used to have the Omnisphere as an option, too, but I think we only did that a couple times, but we played it. And, uh, you know, you uh, you know, if you walk around and there's like a gate, kind of, and it's kind of like a treadmill, but the walking on it isn't natural. It's not like this. It's like this. You got to like lean on to the, that barrier. But it's crazy. Like we did a a zombie fighting game, so you're really running. So that shit works you
0: out. Like you're sweating. Like if you did that every day, you would definitely, you would definitely like, (laughs) but it's definitely see results. And it's mad fun. So you end up wanting to do this shit, right? It's not like Mm -hmm. other shits where it's boring. Like I don't know. It's like yo, I realized too with this boxing shit, it got me to be a better dancer. Cause it's all the music and it's all to the beat so you start going and punching to the rhythm and that's like forcing all of your body to start getting into a more rhythmic kind of flow so now i'm just feeling mad cocky about dancing and shit because i spend a year accidentally learning how to move my body even squats and shit like i'm able to like drop down and do shit i never thought i would because you just have to squat on beat to the rhythm otherwise you're gonna lose points you're like fuck that i need to get 2400 combo this time. you get really gamified with this shit so you get really and the next thing mm. Know, you're like holy shit i'm I'm not lazy anymore i'm like i'm down to fucking move now you're like i can't even sit still proper you know like facts <clears throat> that was honestly people facts. can say what they want but it was a fitbit in vr and a bicycle that got me to where i'm at okay i bought an elliptical too so i needed an hey elliptical. technology
1: man is there for a reason like it's all tools you're utilizing it the right way yep. some people get all those things and never actually use them
0: Yeah, You know, it's about going through. That's true. I've been kind of lazy lately, but I've also been, life's been different lately. But in general, I got into running though. And then winter kicked in. Running is dope.
1: I hate running. I don't know. I hate running. I I do weights and shit, but it's, I know I'm supposed to do it and I do it sometimes. But like, that's like probably my least favorite of all the things besides like that hit cardio, certain ones of those that I'm like, I fucking hate this shit please
0: please stop so like running is cool <laughs> if you like watching scores go up fast because you're gonna go from five kilometers to ten kilometers faster i mean i mean with the fitbit right no but just right i know no, no. even without it just your incremental running is one of those things where if you do it safely and properly like you gotta google that shit because apparently if you fuck up your knees it's like you fuck it's not your like muscles it's your knees and shit that you gotta worry about. yeah i
1: can't afford to do that
0: but if you do that shit like safe, safe. Right? Like I don't wanna I already
1: when I when I was like twenty, twenty one, 21, I, uh we got into a, talk- a car accident with souls and ever since then I had like one bad knee that I don't uh I don't uh <laughs> like I need to I need to be on top of man. If I, I can't do nothing I'm be like a little bit older talking about my bad knee. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't go up them steps on account of my bad knee.
0: But it's nah, mad easy to do and just It's like you Google it and they're like, okay, do this, this, yeah. do this. And then you build it up. And then honestly, within three months, anybody can double what they fucking can do. And there's almost nothing else you can do in exercise that you can double your performance as quickly as running. Which is fucking insanity for me because it motivated me. Like, yo, I started like... Posting this shit on Facebook. And people started be like, yo, weren't you just at like four kilometers? Yo, you're doing this many. And I'm like, yo, I'm not doing that many. But hold up. Like, it's nuts, man. And it's actually just, it's not. And then you know what I do? I just put on podcasts. I'm just fucking running around this fucking track listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. And it's blessed. And I got, I learned so much about ancient history that nobody really cares about, really. But it was so interesting. There's nine to 15 hours of running around this track listening to ancient history, dude. It's a blessed time. Mm, man. It's just, I, but like, I don't know. Yeah. You, you have to get into it, right? Like. <laughs> Yo, God, I feel I'm
1: you,
2: like, bro. Like, oh, wow.
3: That's something I would so not be into.
0: <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. I know. I
1: ain't, I ain't going to hold you. I'm into that. I listen to podcasts oh, okay. and do weights, though. No, for I respect sure. that I'm on my workout <laughs> shit
0: But I'm not in the <laughs> way still. Like, oh, wow
1: You know, I just have such a sarcastic face That people think I'm being sarcastic when I'm not Like, I'll be like, yo, that's dope They'll be like, oh, word, that's dope You fucking make fun of I'm like, I no, know. I just, that's dope I, I just have a fucking tough. one of those I have a crooked face, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I was, I've I was seen, looking at, um
0: I've seen the look yeah. in your eye When you have the other version of Nah, you didn't have that look in your eye So I was like, yeah, yeah <laughs> Not, being, I'm, I'm not selling yo. you on running, but you, you just, yeah, yo, you do. Like I don't do weights. I'm not into it. I've tried weights. I don't fucking care for weights. It's not interesting to yeah. me. I try push-ups I love that. weights. So like I respect the shit weights. out of that. But like, yo, to me, it's like just dope that like you know you've been promoting health. That's fucking cool. like Yeah, yo, Sammy's in this room. Sammy's all about that health shit. If anybody ever needs the health yeah. shit stuff, Sammy's the master at that. Shout out, I respect that. No, we're here. But um, thanks. Uh, so it's Appreciate cool. That. But like, I don't know. I'm just into it. Like, I, don't, I don't know Ishmael's is saying push-ups are fun. I find push-ups the most boring shit in the world. Honestly, sure. you know
1: what I started liking lately? Burpees. Even though they're like what? the worst, I love burpees now.
0: Did I, I mean, love burpees.
1: Cause I fucking I, I you body a hundred burpees if you do like the, like you do hundred hundred burpees, burpees a day oh, yeah. or si-
0: I guess I could get to that.
1: Or even if you do like sixty burpees a day, it'll just take a little bit longer. But you do sixty burpees a day for a couple of weeks, you're gonna see results. And if that's all you do, you're gonna see results. Like you're gonna drop weight like that. It's mad good It's it's just an all around good uh, good exercise. And I used to hate them, but now I love them.
0: Sorry, I got distracted. It's like some
1: kind of Stockholm syndrome. Fucking,
0: I like I like
1: burpees now. <laughs> yeah, nah, no, but I gonna, appreciate gonna... the
0: challenge element of that right because if, uh, if I think about what you're mm-hmm. saying it's almost like it was shitty and then it got easy yo yeah. that, that's some shit that I fuck yeah. with too I like to do really hard things sometimes in my life just because when it's done it's like yo I did the hardest thing I could do and that's, mm-hmm. that I can fuck with. As you were saying it, actually, I first went, oh, my gosh, burpees would be bad. But then I thought about everything I was just saying about fucking boxing and shit. I'm like, you know what? Burpees would be really shitty for about five weeks.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I don't think yeah. they would be ever shitty again. And I might even have better, like, skills.
1: <laughs> yeah. Burpees, definitely do that.
0: And you can do those at home.
1: Mm-hmm. You learn, you know, during, like, this quarantine shit and everything has really, like, evolved all of our minds or whatever the case is. But it also, like, lets you know, it, it kind of lets you know, are you the type of person that's going to take this time to, like, have an excuse to be lazy and, like, not do anything? Or, you know, I'm not talking about people that are just incapable for whatever other, exter- mm. like, other reason, but just in general, like, you know. I, don't bullshit a bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you going to take this time to be lazy or are you going to take this time to do some self improvement that you couldn't do before because you're like, yo, I'm I'm working or, oh my gosh, you know, it.
2: whatever, not, whatever
1: reason that you had to do it now. So now you don't have that reason anymore. And it's like, if the gym is closed, then what are you going to do? You're going to have a reason to not go to the gym, not work out, and just not do it at all? Or are you going to figure out a way to just do it?
0: But it's even like, it's so, more than just the gym. It's like your whole life, right? Like, Yo, a lot of people were just given this gift of time. And then a lot of people started telling me about how bored they were. And I'm not trying to throw shade at anyone or be negative about it. But like, I do not understand how you could be bored at this time with Skillshare and all this other shit that exists. It's like, yo, $10 a month and you get access to unlimited education. When I say unlimited, I mean, I don't think any of us could watch all the shit that's on there. That's how much shit is on there if you pay that and for free their shit. Even if you don't wanna pay that 10, there's still like Coursera, that shit's free. You only have to pay for certificates, but it's entire fucking courses with schools and peer reviewed shit. It's all fucking free. How are people bored? You know, like that's what I don't understand. I don't even
1: understand. I can't even like, at this point in time, like I had to dig into my mind to see when the last time I was bored was. Cause Mm. I I, I can't even relate to that feeling like, in the last however long it's been because bored like i can't even fathom it but before like when i think about it like i i used to well we used to like travel for work and shit and like you're out of town in a place where there's nothing to do and you don't have your computer with you or you can't do what you need to like whatever like and you just kind of sit in there like yeah it could be boring you know what i'm saying you're by yourself you're just watching something but you don't really like you're just bored and i'm like okay yeah i get it i get it you know i get the feeling but if you're in your house and you have any type of access to if you're a creative person creating i can't really tell people what to do that aren't creative and don't have that in them but i think everybody has some kind of creativity in them. like if you're like a left brain person who works in a corporate job and then you're home all the time and you're bored you know take up something maybe take up something like hob you know you know making something whatever clothes art because right, right. it's like no, boredom no. it's like why no, like if i'm girlfriend... watching tv or even doing nothing i'm i'm in my head if i'm doing nothing i'm in my head enough to not be bored so, and then it'll get scary in there i'm like i need to get
0: distracted <laughs> so like my girlfriend is uh not the most <laughs> you know i about
1: sammy yo
0: my girlfriend's not the most creative person like that i mean she's creative but she's not like a creative like that You know what she did? She got into birds. She got she started to identify all the birds in the backyard. She started studying their habits. Like if you're really out of shit to do, look out your fucking window. She knows all about the kid next door's habits. (coughs) She can tell me all about the fantasy world of this kid next door that he invented. I'm like, yo, why do you know this? She's like, I'm just sitting here. I'm listening to it. What else am I, you know? Because it's just playing in the background of this shit. And I'm like my girlfriend was able to engross herself into literally what goes on out the fucking window rather than Mm. be bored. And that impressed the shit out of me. That's the
1: original social media, man. Out your window and your neighbor's window. So it's like, I mean, look,
0: I know that some people are bored etc cetera, etc cetera. i don't fully understand it personally either like maybe it's also because i like to fill my time i also plan recreation right like i don't just like plan work i like oh yo like friday nights actually is now scheduled cyberpunk time like yo this is like i know what i'm gonna play video games ahead of the time in the week and shit. so it's not like i'm ever bored mm-hmm. i know what i'm gonna do most of my day most days of the, it's mm-hmm. the only way to operate and at a certain sphere, right? You have to know about it, and you have to plan rest too. Like that's why I don't get it. Like, why don't you just plan Netflix time? Just plan it. Just put it in your fucking calendar. Say I'm gonna fucking watch TV at this time.
1: People, you know, it's it's like it's it's scary how lost people could be. You know what I'm saying? I feel like Craig keeps me really grounded when it comes to that because I can get lost in my phone, mm. and like I like a lot of people just can live in their phone. Like there's people that could spend the whole day on TikTok. And I know because I've pretty
0: much came close to doing that before. Like I wanna front like I haven't wasted an hour on TikTok because a challenge existed and I wanna watch 700 people do the same dance.
1: Yo, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like you really gotta like peel yourself back from it and be like, you know, let me chill out. Let me chill because there's a serotonin effect. You know, it's like this instant, grat- instant gratification serotonin that you get from the interactions on social media and these quick bites of, you know, something that serotonin boosting, whether it's funny or whatever interesting. However, but it's not um, like sustainable, mm. so you got to kind of reset because you really f- like. I sometimes could feel my brain turn into mush. When I'm like too engulfed in TikTok for too long and I get off of it, I'm like, oh, my head feels foggy. So I can imagine somebody that's like really from a younger generation that's kind of raised more on screens, uh, could get lost in it all day and not even realize like the difference between their head being foggy or not foggy or does their head even get foggy? Mm-hmm. Like,
0: my head, is- I don't know, because so- I
1: really feel the reaction to it
0: i mean i used to just get that reaction from like i don't know being online on msn messenger when i was younger i used to like live on msn messenger and it had a similar kind of impact to me as social media did i think the effect existed pre-social media it just got amplified with social media yo you remember like having 18 conversations how are you running 18 conversations at once i literally i'm not hyperbolically stating that i would run like 18 to 20 chats at a single time there would be moments where literally seven incoming and you just did it, it just non-stop dinging in your ears and then when it goes away you feel this rush of depression almost because yo why is nobody messaging me anymore what happened And maybe it's just because it's 11 p.m and i should be in fucking bed and everyone else is being responsible and shit but your brain doesn't register it when you're young and that was just msn messenger and shit you know I know ICQ pre-existed that. Then you have all those hobo hotels and all that other shit that existed. Like there's a lot of ecosystems that did this to people for for time. It's not even new. It's just Mm. amplified. Time
1: is the most valuable asset. It's like your eyes being on the screen is currently the most valuable asset that a company could buy. It's why companies buy into things like TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube and Facebook, and they're all competing for your attention at once, giving you notification after notification because they've already made the correlation between that notification and that that serotonin and how it's addictive because it gives you so little, but it you need more. And it's like, that's why social media is the kind of thing where you're like, all right, just this much more, yeah, this right. many things more and I'll stop, you know? So it's a... Uh, I had yeah, to like it, it's make real trip.
0: rules for that shit. Like I know that everything, you have I, to. I, everything I post before nine in the morning is probably not, in my heart is not in the right place before nine in the morning. <laughs> and I do. Oh my god. Percent of it. Sometimes shit goes through, and I'm like, but I have to actually go back at like eleven and proofread everything I posted in the morning, and hope I didn't say anything too stupid. And this is to this day, with all of my maturities and shit. I still I'm sitting there I wake up I check my phone and this is a mistake and I try not to but fuck it I'm an addict I know what it is um dopamine right like it makes you an addict to this shit I gotta check it in the morning did I get 57 you know like you know because sometimes you get these like, mm-hmm. days where like yo you, you drop some shit and for some reason it's like relative viral it's not really cool it's just instead of getting like this many likes, you got that many and you got that many more comments, you know, and then you wake up and you, yo, so I check my phone just in case. And it's fucking weird. I'm like, yo, like, what am I doing? I should be reading a book or some shit like that, which is probably a better use of my time. And, and then I get lost in social media. Yo, somebody's going to hit me up with a something. And the second that somebody, yo, you, you see a Flacco Bayo post in the morning, it's done. You're not going to fucking like pay attention to productive shit. He's going to say some shit that makes you go Google some shit. And then you go down some rabbit Mm -hmm. hole. And maybe it's a good rabbit hole, but maybe it's a complete waste of time. No offense, Flacco. Sometimes it's like I, I lose time on that shit. That's just what it is. It's not my good use of time. It could be somebody else's good use of time. And so, yo, I try not to even do it in the morning when I'm disciplined. Don't even open my phone until I have to.
1: Yeah, I try. I try to, too, honestly. Because that's the most important part If I don't start my day with it I'm going to keep my day with it at a distance And honestly when I'm posting And doing shit To promote and all that I feel like I use Instagram less Yeah. You know what I'm saying Because I feel like I'm using it for a reason And I'm like really engaging on it When I'm just scrolling on it It's like What am I doing You know what I'm saying Why am I here
0: you have to think about yeah, hashtags I, and shit. Yo, posting sucks. It's so much it's work. I, I know, like posting.
1: Me, if I got something good to post. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: This last run of
1: posts has been nice.
3: That's the same for me where I just feel like uh I don't know. I don't find as much pleasure in IG as everybody else.
0: Um, fair enough. I like IG, it's probably uh I was expecting him to not probably... go on mute and get up at that moment. <laughs>
1: Yo, he just, like, said, yo, I don't really like IG as much as everyone else. Peace. Dipped.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, a little bit.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. like, Yo, like, I, bro, you don't have to like IG, man. <laughs> that was the most hey, much job moment. Um, but, yeah, I get it, though, because IG and shit is what it is. I don't really like IG as a consumer. <laughs> Okay, I liked booties, and then I realized, why am I looking at booties? This is a waste of my fucking time. And I unfollowed anything that wasn't related to music because it's useful to message people. I, Instagram Messenger is a valuable commodity in my life. I don't give a fuck about the Instagram timeline. I don't even go on it anymore. I'm not going to lie. There's nothing there for me. Everybody I know is on Facebook except for, like, seven 20-year-olds, and they just message me. They're all in their stories. So I check the stories. Because that's where people do their update shit. So I don't even need to go to the timeline. If somebody has some dope shit going on, they're telling me in their stories. And then I can just go to Facebook to talk mm-hmm. to people back where there's text and words, where I like it and it's comfy because I'm not good with images and visuals. But stories is it. Right. It lets me skip the whole instant experience. DMs and then the shit I post. And then I react. And then I go, ooh, I get hearts. And I don't know. That's not that's. I mean, it's like. Okay, I like it way more than I'm supposed to. I don't give a fuck, man. I'm getting hearts and it's fun. Like when big zoo fucking hearts your shit. Yeah, that's that's what you it's like, yo.
1: That's what you gotta watch It's like that 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 like addiction to the engagement too. It's like yeah, something that, that you've really not see. addicted. It changes it changes people's psyche. You know what I'm saying? Like you see people when they start posting more and getting more and more love, like they start rearranging their whole psyche to accommodate an algorithm, you know, mm. if you're not careful, that is, you know, it no, could really, have to like... it could really fuck you up. and then you see those people, like they, they're, they live here now. Like this is where they live. Like you can't hang out with them anymore in public because they're gonna make it into a whole thing. And it's like I don't really want to be on camera right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, yeah. It was my fault, y'all. I I had gotten a delivery at the door. what um, right. <laughs> I
3: was saying was, I don't know. IG just isn't is my cup of tea i enjoy facebook more because of the engagement like i like
0: Mm -hmm. um
3: reading the things that people have to say um whether they be short or long and i enjoy the engagement like talking with people back and forth um so like uh precious gorgeous um uh um uh, people you know, like Baxter. So like, every, Baxter, well, shout Mesa. out if he's still here.
0: Baxter you know, makes everybody at some. some...
3: Shout out Viva La Mesa. You know what I mean? Um, everybody at La Mesa, La Mesa. because of the fact that like they're really interesting people on Facebook. Just like written type words. You know what I mean? Um, mm. And so I just like engaging with people which is why I think that I like Clubhouse so much out of all like none of those other apps that came along really made me gravitate towards them because Twitter, like you had a limit on what you have to say and Instagram, it's just pictures. Uh, Snapchat was mostly video. Like, I don't know. I just did not find um, any of that like content engaging. I like Clubhouse and Facebook because of engaging with so, so
0: here's the thing i thought a lot about clubhouse and i don't think i'd ever use it because i don't know where it would ever fit into my fucking life where i'm gonna sit there and listen to people talk i i fuck with facebook because it's so reading and tech i also fuck with twitter because it's so reading centric i'm not gonna lie I, I fucking check trending almost every day now because there's so much good shit that you're gonna get random news on like all that Did you know shit? Yo, it's all trending on Twitter. If you ever want to be in the know on relevant random topics, just follow fucking Twitter. And then if you're not in America, flip to American Twitter trending because it's different than wherever the fuck you're at. Um, (laughs) No, it's true. I had to do this for work. That's funny. I had to watch it for work for a minute because my boss was trying to uh, get us to somehow leverage COVID into a campaign. And so I had to like watch and you know, it was a bit, it was, it was, it's crazy, but I got hooked on trending. It's so interesting. And then you just see random people saying random, but it's all text for them. I mean, yeah, there's memes and pictures and shit, but I'm attracted to anything text and reading driven. That's my platform shit.
1: Right. Everybody got their own kind of, you know, but Twitter has actually been how I've been keeping up with everything that's been going on uh, in Austin, especially, but in Texas with the blackouts and the power outage. Uh, I was following Austin Energy and ERCOT and I'm like seeing them post updates it was it was terrible because I'm like looking at them po- like but I'm seeing everybody's reactions and it's so many tweets to them from all over and everybody's giving up a zip code and everything so I can only imagine how many people didn't um didn't uh tweet to them you know but it was a lot of people really like sharing their stories and I'm like damn like that made me. That made me like Twitter a little bit more too. I mean, I think it gets a bad. rep. positive.
0: It gets a bad rep because of how it's you, a tool. It's how you use it's, it. It's, it's you how know what, what I'm saying? If you follow bullshit to use it though, that's how I was gonna go with that. Yeah, just check it. Most people that aren't on Twitter only encounter Twitter on some article clickbait shit. So all they see is these savage random tweets. But what people don't realize is those tweets. Are literally fucking hard to find. I have tried to look shit up on Twitter to understand what the fuck a person's. You have to dig, you have to be good at. Like, yo, it's like most of my Twitter is innocuous nothing. It's just. And actually, I follow people that I like and they say smart shit and I learn here and there. I know that there's some random beat maker that's doing some big thing. Like, yo, it's just random shit. Plus it's the best place to find out what your favorite celebrities are up to. If you don't like Instagram.
3: I definitely mm. use Twitter for exactly that. Like as a tool, like when I got the Bronx borough president to fix the light pole or the, uh, the leaning, uh, tower piece of hole in my neighborhood that was there for like three weeks. And they just put like a caution tape around it. Like that would save people if like it actually fell on an older lady or something, but immediately I go to Twitter with it and immediately action gets put behind it because nobody wants to look bad on Twitter. So I use Twitter for the tool of like putting pressure on people in the right way, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, and same thing with Instagram, like I use it as the tool it is to network um with the music but uh it's not like i really spend a lot of time on there uh uh like perusing any of the content that's really on there like i go i like all the people who i'm following stuff and i post my shit and then like i go and check the comments for mm, five people i'm not gonna watch.
0: lie to you, Twitter understands me better than I would like to admit. Sometimes it's got about a 50%. (laughs) So I'm saying it recommends you because Twitter's random, right? It'd be like, so-and-so did such a thing. And you go click on that shit and you're like, I don't give a fuck, but the other half the time, I do give a fuck. Like, it tells me, like, every third tweet from, like, Conway the Machine for some reason. I mean, I fuck with Griselda, so I'm okay with that. But, like, it does this random shit that makes me go back to the site. And it's good, and I'm interested 50% of the time. So, I mean. Let me
1: tell you something. My Instagram explore page does not. I don't know how that algorithm is what my explore page is, but because it's my explore page, I do look at it. So I probably feed the algorithm, but my explore page is literally nothing but food. I don't even follow that many food accounts. I'm not like a foodie person on Instagram, but when I look at my explore page, look at this. Look at that. It's all food. It's like Matt, hold on. Let me get this light, right? It's all like,
0: yeah. So Facebook gets crab legs, mad fucking burgers, butter. Like,
1: why is this my explore page? So look at this shit
0: on that shit. Is that like,
1: that's crazy.
0: So, you know, all those sites on the internet. So here's how Facebook actually gets your data. They don't get it direct no more. So they can't touch your shit directly. But all those websites on the internet, anything that has a Facebook login option Whenever you do shit on those sites, it gets linked back to Facebook. So they use these, like, third-party proxies to funnel information back to that data pool that's doing it. So it might just be that you, like, food shit other places, and Facebook is able to know that you're... I don't. Man, that's crazy. That's fucking nuts. I don't.
1: Instagram is the only place I look at pictures. Facebook, I look at what my friends
0: post. Maybe your friends, like, food I'm not shit. even, like, a... And they're trying they're to like, force to it down.
1: I don't know. But my whole explore page is food. It's like cheese being pulled apart. It's chili being on a hot dog. It's not just any kind of food. It's like crazy, heavy crab legs being cracked open and dipped in lemon butter. Like, it's like, yeah, this is fire. And, like, I like it now. Like, now that it's it's been on my explore page for so long that now it's what I look at when I'm on Instagram. Just, like, mad food. It, it like... The algorithm yeah, worked backwards really on me. Cause I followed it <laughs> like
0: that's really it huge. didn't catch me. I caught it. It's crazy. It's like somewhere along the way it decided not. She really likes food. She doesn't know it yet. <laughs> it like- right. Right. <laughs> Cause yo, what they do, right. Is they have
1: like Cause a- when you think about it, it's like, I don't follow that many restaurants. Most of my friends are in rap, hip hop, music industry, whatever the fuck. So. Why is there no rap on my Explore page? Like, there's nothing hip-hop related at all. It's just food. (laughs) Like,
0: like Facebook knows so much more about us than we know about ourselves, right? Like, they got, like, a thousand data points. Like, Facebook knows you do it. So, what Facebook knows is our souls. Like, Facebook, I can't lie to Facebook. I try. It knows what I want to see, and it shows it to me. And I try to act like it's not what I want to see but I think it just knows us in some weird level and some I'm guessing it's like, there. this is for you. And yeah. It really, and what's crazy. You're going is- to, you're going to, you
1: see this, you see this, you see this, I feel like it's an instigating a fight between me and you know, cause it's like, this is such an egocentric time. Like before you wouldn't know these things are intimate opinions or whatever. About people that you knew, like on some acquaintance shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you wouldn't care to know those things. And maybe if you met them and became closer with them, you would find them out, whatever. But it wasn't like something that you would just know about everybody.
0: You know what happened? And now we all do. No, I stopped caring about that shit. I realized along the way, I was fake caring about that shit. And I decided I don't want to fake care about stuff. Listen, on a person, if we're in a DM, we're probably going to have a conversation like that maybe because we're friends in some way. And those are the things I'm going to remember and care about because we took time, like even happy birthdays. I don't post my happy birthday publicly. I send you a direct message because you like, why am I doing this publicly on a whole fucking wall with all these people? Yo, you know what? I don't like 98 notifications on my birthday. You know, like it's weird to me. Actually, it's like, yo, it's like, I have to not check my phone. And then I have to thank all these hey, people. Man. Like I'm a customer service agent. <clears throat> which Amen. is literally and you know I'm not hating it I love the fact that people want to like wish me happy but yo it's like how did I end up sitting there for 15 minutes on my birthday saying thank you in innovative ways that's like what I don't know that's like I don't... that's
3: why I don't that's why I don't have my birthday like listed on Facebook because I don't want like fake like people people are very like you know like oh Facebook let me know it's your birthday so I'm gonna wish you happy birthday and i'm just like well if you didn't know before facebook existed when my birthday was like what does it really matter bro like it don't like to me i don't care for the notifications from that so i just don't have my birthday posted and now you won't even ever wish me a happy birthday unless i say so and even then it doesn't give the opportunity to everybody that doesn't care right so like if you don't follow me like if because you don't like me you don't like my content or what i post on facebook then you're not gonna see when i do post on my birthday yo it's my birthday you know what i mean and then people might stop by and be like oh happy birthday if they know me and they cool me but it just takes kind of like that away and takes away that uh, uh opportunity for the extra notifications which i'm just not keen on period like i don't like the likes. Like I don't count likes. Mm. I don't care about likes. Um, I don't care I'm <clears throat> if I'm posting something that I care about to be shared and people share it. Cool. Super appreciate that because now you're spreading the word of whatever it is that I'm sharing. Um, but really what I care about, like I said, was like the comments. So like, I like engaging with people. So like, I care to like know what people got to say about something, especially if it's something that I'm like asking people about. Um, or, like, talking you know, about I love period,
0: comments. You comments. Know? I will spend mm-hmm. uh, 20, 30 minutes in times I shouldn't engaging in comment sections and writing really long, elaborate answers if somebody takes the time to write anything in my comment section. I'm not going to lie. I've tried to answer every YouTube comment I've ever gotten within reason. Sometimes it's like, what the fuck do I say to that? And that's good.
1: That's <clears throat> good because that raises your engagement anyway. But it's more Well, like, if we talking about birthday, birthdays is a different thing. But birthday. I'm talking about like uh, YouTube videos, like, oh. posting Instagram.
0: Birthdays Facts. is like the time Facts. of year. Birthdays,
1: like, birthdays, I like to do the yo thank y'all everybody man. That's what's up. No, like I, I, I look that. at it as like a card that. that everybody gives you together that they all signed on your wall, and you're like yo thank you everybody for this card. Nah, no, I, I answer you
0: know, all of them. I scr- I mean I did all. I know maybe I don't have to. I can't help it. I, 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 I've
1: i done it before, too, especially when it's like a real personalized message, you know what I'm saying, on your wall, like I'm going to reply to it. But if you hit me with the HBD, I don't even know if you're going to get a like, you know what I'm saying? Don't hit me with the HBD, you know what I'm saying? Like Don't Because why take your time out for the HBD? You know what I'm saying? It's
3: <laughs> pointless. Pointless. You hit me with the HBD, you could SMD. You just told <laughs> how little you care on my birthday. So right. On my day of the year, you came up to me and you digitally smacked me on my face, fam. Like yeah. what? Yeah, I try to yeah. like say
0: HBD, you fucking stupid like so my, all I try to do H-B-D. with it now is I give a compliment <laughs> to somebody. I'm figure, you know what, I don't have any money to buy you shit, but I can say something really like spot on kind about you. So yeah, go, make somebody birthday. feel special. Here's how you impacted my life positively, and it's in the DMs. I don't want people to fucking know. I'm not looking for no attention from it. Don't even fucking tell people. It's just our little moment. Let's dip out. Have a great life. I'm not gonna talk to you till our next birthday moment again. Anyway. Oh shit. Nah, but like sometimes you just like yeah, end up in these. That's moments, good. But that's what it is. It's Cold like. Bloody. It, I'm, I'm, I know I'm callous. I really am. And people like maybe sometimes don't like yeah, it, I, but like, it's this is the truth. I mean, some people I talk to and I see them and I'm like, yo, we were like cool six years ago. We say happy birthday once a year. That's our whole relationship. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. And you're clearly okay with that because neither of us yeah. made that effort to do fuck all. You know, we, you, how many times do you have that conversation? Yo, I miss XYZ. Catch Let's catch up and do this XY. And I'm like, "Bro, I don't do those things anymore." And he doesn't want to do the things I do no more. And it's like, that's okay. That's just fine. Yeah. we just I don't even thing. say that anymore. Yeah, I don't we don't, I, I don't Especially now like like Well, I'm sense. more like, like saying it in hear the that sense a lot of about
3: like LA, right? Like in LA, that's like a whole thing. That's a part of the culture is like, yeah. you know, like, let's do lunch. And then you never see the person again. Oh, my gosh. Um, and it's yeah. just known. Like, people are just like, that's just how things are. Like, in New York, yeah. it's super not like that. Like, you do catch up. You,
1: you know, know, sometimes I have been fake in situations where I'll be like, yo, but when it, not, not really fake, but, like, I do want to make plans. But I'll say it, like, this week. I'll be like, yeah, let's fucking do lunch this week. And then they'll hit me up this week and i'll be like ah this week is kind (laughs) of busy here's
0: the thing this week i I just stopped sugar craving (laughs) yo like my guy's like let's go to a bar and get drinks i'm like i haven't drank in a bar like i don't drink like that like it's just not my life it's not appealing you want to come through and smoke a joint because that's the only thing my life allows come through and smoke a joint i'm always happy to let anybody come through and do that but I'm in front of my computer streaming like seven days a week. What the fuck am I going to a bar for? My life isn't gonna be. Like, oh, bro, it's too. Ra-. Then it's, they disappear, and I'm like, all right, that's what it is. And I don't like take malice in that. I don't really know that I would go to your crib if the like I could. It's like I just you know what I realized. I have a lot more acquaintances than like people that are like actually friends. And a realization I've had lately, like, and a lot of it's Flacco. I would say Flacco's a friend. Like, the kind of friend that you pray you find in life. Mm -hmm. And, like, seeing that made me reevaluate everything. It made me reevaluate a whole bunch of shit. And I'm like, I had to actually, like, do a little breakup with somebody where I'm like, I don't really think you're a friend of mine. I think you're, like, you have this image of me, and you're friends with that shit. That's like you're a fan. You're not really a friend. And it was weird, because, like, I wanted to be friends with him. But, like, he wasn't, he didn't like me. He liked the shit I put on the internet, and that's not that's not me. Like that's not off camera me. You know, like that's not like we're friends. That's not like when my hair's down and I'm like crying and shit. Cause yo, I'm a sensitive fucking soul, my guy. Oh my gosh, my girlfriend said, "Don't say that." (laughs) I got
3: that from
1: That's fucking hilarious, but dope and real as fuck to say. You don't fucking know me when my hair's down and I'm crying and shit like yo you know because that's that's deep you know what i'm saying and, I, and it made me think like we don't none of like the people that we haven't met in person we only know each other on camera Facts. technically you yeah. know what i'm saying like that's the crazy shit too because it's like we've really been in the zoom like you know living life like y'all see me fucking cook play video games whatever chilling but it's still on camera, even if you're not acting or putting on any show and you just, know yeah, uh, it's
0: facts. Speaking about it's
1: chip crumbs falling on my face, false you know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. all yeah, see yo, that
3: speaking, <laughs> speaking about like losing vice, you know, and like I like I learned with losing um when when I lost Rob De Niro, like it just hit close enough that it just hurt extra hard. And like with that one, like I like had a determination where I was just like, yo, I'm not gonna like not catch up with my friends life is short i gotta mm-hmm. catch up with people as much as i possibly can and like i'm even gonna put yeah. in an effort to link up with people on the internet that i might not have linked up with before or even put in the effort to. so like i'll make the effort to like do a vegas trip so that we can link up with the people, homies from cali and I'll like arrange that. Me and the wife go for the honeymoon to Montreal where I just so happen to know a few people off the internet, you know what I mean? And like link up and like meet in real life. Cause I'm like about this real life meeting of action. Like, I'm like, this is me online, offline. Mm-hmm. This is me. Dama, you know me, you know what I mean? <laughs> like you can testify, you know, like it's mm-hmm. that's me, you know? So it's just like, that's like an effort that I put forth because of losing the homies and being like, yo, life is so short, yo. Man, like we man. really like you gotta put in an effort to really try to like so link up be, with
0: people. Cause... I'm gonna be real though, like this this whole like work from home thing changed my life in a very significant way I wasn't expecting. I had this like general dislike of the culture that my colleagues are a part of that I do not share. So it's not that I dislike them, but they all agree to these norms and belief systems that I don't necessarily fully subscribe to in the way that I live my life. And it's complicated to be around a bunch of people that you can't connect with in any kind of real way your lives aren't the same and shit. and it made me realize that a lot of these people that i thought were friends due to proximity right like because i was with these people you spent when you're at work 40 hours a week they're like literally family in a in a sense because you spend so much yes in, and i've been at this place since i'm fucking 22. right so like i don't even have outside like, it's just what this company is is all i know right and then i i, I went home and all of a sudden I had time to like really think about the connections and the people because now you have to make that effort to Skype a motherfucker like you have to be wanting to have a conversation past morning because it could go past morning because you know, good morning. Good morning is fine. But sometimes they go how you know, then you got to start thinking like that. Who do I actually want to sit there and have a real conversation with in a text format at work? Cutting into me, getting my objectives done and leaving early and shit. Not to say I they leave early a lot, but like, yo, if you get your shit done and work through lunch, nobody gonna see you. So. Right. Yo, Flacco you out? Yeah.
3: Yo. Yeah. Yeah. I the 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 night the nightmare came true. Me and um me and uh uh Holden spoke about this. I have an interview that I gotta do on IG at ten, and I was just like, man, fuck, I don't know, Dama fam, like. I know what it is. Like, I know that we can.
1: We, we can keep, we keep can, it. Well, we, let's let's wrap it up and, uh, and, uh, cause, yeah, it's been three hours, man. We're we giving them a lot of sauce right now. Yeah. We're giving away, too much, my, We're giving away too much game. We're giving away too much
3: game. It's
0: been three and a half hours. <laughs> yo,
3: I wanted to. Crazy. Real quick, cause I gotta jump, right? But, like, I just wanted to give you my flowers and tell you, like, yo, like, my respect level, right? Like, my love is there for you as my sister you know and i think that you know that i think that i I, i've tried to do a good job of like letting you know that so i hope that you know that right but i want you to know that like my respect for you as an artist is through the roof you know what i mean and that's like i mean i'm nobody special or anything like that right yes you are come on
0: you're very special to me flaco
3: like it's not like i'm like like that about everybody else. You know what I mean? Like, it's very rare that I am like that um, to the artist homies that I know because, yeah, yo, like, I, I'm like your homies from back in the day. Like, yo, but Kanye West, though. You know what I mean? Like mm. I, This is what we're competing with, guys. Right. What do we right. do here? Right, right,
2: right. Right.
3: Facts. Facts. I hate giving fake kudos, you know? And so I just don't. I don't give kudos. And I just leave it be. But like I wanna give you your kudos on a respect level because I respect your art so much.
0: Yo, your art's and,
3: thank
1: you so um, much, bro.
3: Thank you for allowing me in your life. Thank you for um uh, uh allowing me to be your bro, and like I'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: I love you, love you, bro. Thank you, man.
0: Yeah. It's been a, it's y'all. been a blessing, man. Yeah, and Dama for real though, I know for he's sure. gotta go. We definitely do have to wrap it up proper though. We got, we can't just jump off yeah. the car like that. Uh, for sure, for sure, for sure. No, but on that note, you are that incredible. Like, I, This is one of my favorites. I know I'm supposed to say that to everyone, but like, I do keep track of the ones I really, really like. Like, Sammy Sees was very memorable when I did an interview with her. She was one of the people I spoke to. She walked around. Nope. She was all over, high energy. It was an experience comparable to what I'll Be Back did, actually. It was fucking cool mm-hmm. to be able to put her in that category. And then you're here with that humble shit like Iron Solomon, Like... I'm not anything special for like three and a half hours, which is boss (laughs) shit. You're you you a boss. You just convinced me how gangster you are for real because yo, that's some like, listen. I've talked to real real money looks like, and that's some real money shit that you're talking right now, and I respect that at a deep level, you know. Oof, I appreciate that. That's just what it is, though. That's what makes you wanna like I hype that shit up. If you go check my Facebook and really go check how much I hype up people, not everybody gets as much shit that I say, like I did about your one. I just do a lot of them. So you'll see it real quick. Okay. He's not full of shit. Definitely. <laughs> but like, uh, not nah, for real. Like it was really great to have you. A lot of people stuck around for a long time. Cause as much as I can say that, that number basically only dropped under 10 on my side. After, uh, you said, we're going to wrap it up. It stayed above 10 okay. the whole time. That's three and a half. Damn. Hours that's plus. sick. That's people that's who said Dama's that interesting. Dama's that cool. That's not like <laughs> me. And Flacco is one of the people that just did it, fair enough. But like, you know, yeah. like, but that's just all these sincere audience here that were just fucking with what you were saying. Again, like, my girlfriend was fucking with you. She doesn't comment that much on everybody. It is what it is.
1: That's what's up, yo. Yeah, shout out to your girl, man. That's dope. Shout out to everybody that's in the chat. Like, it's, uh, you know, it's
0: been fun for sure. Yeah, I'm going to drop your Insta right quick. All your links are going to be in the description of everything, everything, right? So everybody's going to be able to find you, no problem. Yes, please. And uh, they all like, please follow me. I'll follow everybody back and uh yo for real though it was such a pleasure to have you honestly you are inspiring you have inspired me off camera already you might not know how much you have but you have for real i actually you're one of those people where i'm like would dama be mad at me if i thought this way <laughs> right?
2: I had a wow. com-
0: if you think about that conversation we had you can feel like why the context of why i would say that and how it's okay. a real statement what Dama have said okay. if I thought this way has been in my head ever since that. Because, yeah, I might argue wow. like a motherfucker, but I listen well. Um, but for real, though, you're very impactful. And people should know who you are. And people should fucking, like, dig your shit. And that's all I'm saying. You're a real artist. I can't put you in a box because you're too big for box. No, not a bad way. You're not supposed to call people big. I got in trouble once for that. Uh, <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> all good. Um, but chill. Thank you Thank again. you, bro.
1: And, it's yeah. been... It's- it's been a it's been a real pleasure, man. You're great at what you do. You're a great interviewer, man. This is an amazing show, so I couldn't wait to get on here and talk about it. Uh, everybody get for your love right now in stores on on your v- Vivo YouTube, all of that. Dope, yeah, dope. I'm I'm very I'm very happy about this. Very dope.
0: Yeah, it's that dope, though. It's gonna go up, and you're gonna end up having legacies and shit. Cause yeah, the best part about it is we got 20, 30 years left. You know, it's just that simple. That's forever, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? But yo, more important than us thank all of y'all watching right because part of why we go this long is because y'all make it a show it's not just an interview it's a show in the conventional sense of an audience that's interactive and we can like
2: mm-hmm.
0: i don't know if you see chats but there's definitely a chat on the zoom that's been popping up there's twitches there's probably Facebooks. there's people everywhere watching this shit right now it's just fucking incredible and honestly it goes up slowly over time which makes it more incredible it makes me feel more enthused about all of this and it's like a, a, it's like y'all watching are the people that make that community grow it's not really us it's it's everybody that's like there that even dama when dama was showing love before she came through that's what makes it twice as special that dama's here because yo, it wasn't just like some random person coming through going what's up what's up it's somebody that was enthusiastically looking forward to it knowing what the fuck it was you know what that does to me Mm -hmm. shit makes me ready to bring the a-game shit you know like we going in so like yo it's just a beautiful thing and all of you watching makes it extra beautiful and yo for the people watching in the futures and stuff make sure to follow everybody eow tv on all the platforms for the end of the week stuff you can follow me on all that behind that suit shit that would be real lovely of y'all um honestly it's it's great to have you here um and yeah i guess uh, do you have any last words you would like to say to people before we uh part ways with the audience
1: Yeah, uh, anybody that's watching that's in Austin, uh, yeah, mainly in Austin, Texas, and, you know, you're still in the struggle and you need some help with some water or food or whatever, uh, hit me up in my DMs and I'll, if I'm, you know, I'll direct you at least to somebody that could definitely help you out. So, you know, good luck to everybody. I'm praying. I'm hoping that this, you know, thing is over soon and everybody could be comfortable in their homes
0: yo i appreciate your like i appreciate where your heart and soul went with that like you after everything like yo fuck that we got to make sure this gets taken care of right so i'm gonna be ending my part of the live in about 15 seconds on my end i initiated a raid which means i'm taking my twitch audience to another channel which is why twitch is fucking dope and then uh, i know on the other side end of the week is gonna end their shit um so